0: and Jason Smith.
1: This is The Metalist.
0: Greetings and thanks for joining us whenever you're listening to this, wherever you're listening to this. The Metalist podcast. I'm
1: Dave and I'm Jay Sizzle. There you go. Jay Smasher.
0: <laughs> Jay DJJ. I still kind of like the first <laughs> one. Yeah, DJJ, I like DJJ too. <laughs> so today we're going to talk about something near and dear to a lot of people's hearts. And then the opposite of that for a lot of other people, we're talking about new metal as a whole.
1: It's pretty polarizing. Mm-hmm. Of course, I, you know, that's the thing, though. I mean, I knew a lot of fucking people that really hated grunge, dude. Yeah. You know, just like back in the day, I knew a lot of people that really hated glam. Like, it's. Uh,
0: yeah.
1: And uh, you get a lot of hate right now for deathcore and metalcore. Mm-hmm. So it's just.
0: It's just in that, is,
1: it's in that area of like, yeah. oh yeah, like it was something different, and you know, a lot of people fucking hate it. But at the same time, full disclosure, we were wanting to do this. Uh we probably still will at some point whenever it comes out. Uh butt this up with a Limp biscuit episode. So chances are, if you're listening to this, you have a lint biscuit episode coming out the following week. Mm-hmm. But one of the reasons why was because Fred Durst. Now it was a wig. What, what everything I saw was it was a wig. Yeah. Now the look he had, I would rock that look like it's nobody's business if I just had all gray hair.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like he looked fucking cool as shit. I thought it was I thought it was pretty cool. But he was the talk of fucking Twitter, dude. Yeah, like, man.
0: That whole weekend it was like Limp
1: Bizkit's back, new metal's back. Yeah, you had people championing the band. You had people championing championing new metal you had people championing Fred Durst and then you all you know obviously you had the people that were kicking them down or whatever but mm-hmm. the whole reason of us doing this now was because of that and you know I, I did see one thread that was you know this guy was like, oh suddenly all these fucking people are you know Limp Bizkit oh I love Limp Bizkit it's like well where the fuck have you guys been the last fucking 15 20 years or whatever and and I was just thinking about it I was like well wait a minute and I mean that's like for people your age You're just getting far enough away from it to where now you have the nostalgia. Listen, right? You have the nostalgia hit. So it's like, that's like people my age, like new metal for you, like it's your glam. It's your hair metal. Exactly, yeah. For me. And and so it's like, oh, yeah, like why wouldn't people be saying that? And it's like, okay, yeah, Poison kind of kept going for a while. Motley Crue kept going for a while. Def Leppard kept going. Yeah, Limp Bizkit kept going. Corn is still going. Like mm-hmm. and and Korn it's, never but, went but it's away. like they may not be as popular as they were, and it's like well yeah. So some people you know listen to a lot growing up. They they kind of stop listening to it. They listen to other stuff, or maybe they just get completely out of that whole genre in general. But that doesn't mean that they automatically hated what they listened to. You know. So yeah, when when something big comes around or or you know, now where we're not trapped or anything by MTV and the radio, now when there is a situation where you are kind of seeing this band that you grew up listening to kind of in the spotlight, so to speak, yeah, you're probably going to come out and be like, yeah, I fucking like them. You know, it's like, and you know, it's it's like, imagine being so self-important that you give a shit that somebody likes something that you don't like. (laughs) <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's like for come sure. on who gives a fuck dude like let people like what they want to fucking like exactly you don't like it fine just say you know what i don't like it but i don't get the whole i don't understand why people like this really you can't understand why somebody likes something that you don't yeah. you're that, that's pretty feeble you yeah. know so get over yourself anyway where do you want to start with this like so do you want to I- do like the black metal episode that hasn't come out yet Well, actually it will be out by this by the time this is out but yeah
0: so I, I was going to propose something, um, do it a little differently, because I feel like these might be two different things. Maybe. Let's see.
1: Well, first we got to do, we, if, if, not first first, but at some point we have to define what exactly it is we're talking about.
0: Sure. Okay, let's actually get into that first. Good call. The usual idea is that Korn was ground zero new metal. There's two prevailing things on that. One is it was the first album with Ross Robinson in 94. The other is it's the demo they did, Nita Meyer's Mind, maybe 93. Either way you slice it, it's when Ross Robinson and Korn first worked together, regardless of when whoever heard it. It's all the same songs. So now
1: you're talking the same in black metal where Bathory and Venom, Merciful Fate were the bands that were considered first wave black metal, even mm. though they sounded nothing like what black metal ends up sounding like. Yeah. Bathory's close. We already talked about that. But. So in this regard, I want to say, okay, so they call that, like the, like we talked about in the episode, that's called first wave black metal, right? And then when it actually started, it actually starts on the second wave is what it's called. When Mayhem and fucking Dark Throne yeah. and like th- those guys all kind of started doing their thing the the tr- like the real black metal bands that we know of that really kind of st- quote unquote started it I'm doing air quotes and I you know that really I mean that should be called the first wave you know and and everything before that's just like the influence right the, or like you oh, know the, the proto the, black metal or the whatever. foundation or yeah, something yeah, you know yeah. but and this is the same kind of thing because you had now granted you want to get really deep into this I guess there's a awesome like banger uh, banger films yeah. uh, thing on YouTube. But you want to get further into this. we'm I'm not I'm going to get too into it because I haven't watched that, but I like those guys. they're they they're very well informed. Shit. If you want to get into more of that, check that check out okay, that video.: I'm going to whatever. be
0: referencing that episode a lot because sure, there's some go ahead. interesting. Points. But:
1: I mean, you got you know obviously rap and hip hop, you know had a, had a big part of this. Anything considered alternative? Well yeah, so is is a big part of this, but I'll even take it back further. You want to go back to faith no more specifically the song Epic.
0: That's you know, the impetus for, for sure.
1: For all intents and purposes, that is a, a rap... I don't know if you call it a rap metal song, but it is closer to a rap song than any other type of genre. Mm-hmm. My problem with Faith No More being being thought of as the proto-new metal band, you know, the Black Sabbath of new metal, right, if you will, mm-hmm. is that they never really did one thing enough to be considered... A thing. Well, like, that was were... the thing.
0: So now we get into the bigger discussion about alternative metal, which if you're down, I'd do an entire episode on that. Right, but was... what's your saying that you had? Well, so the, uh, in regards to what I'm saying. Alternative
1: sorry. metal and new metal? All right. right were okay. you talking about new metal and rap metal?
0: Well, so there's the whole thing. It says all alternative metal. Well, okay. No, back it up. All new metal is alternative metal, yes. but not all new metal or not all, to- all alternative metal is new metal. Right. Like... So, like, and in fact, you mentioned Faith No More. Faith No More is considered ground zero for alternative metal. But I would also agree with you that they didn't do the rap thing enough to be, you know. No. They, they
1: just had the one song. It's like they, they did – it's Suicidal Tendencies too. Yeah. Because they had a rap metal song before Epic came out. Join the Army is a rap metal song. Mm-hmm. But they didn't keep doing that. Yeah. They, but they were definitely, like, they were a metal band that was, like, really fucking weird. Oh, they yeah. They did a lot of weird shit. Also, I'm the Man by Anthrax. Mm-hmm. That was long before pub- they did the song with Public Enemy, and that was a cover anyway. So I wouldn't count Aerosmith and Run DMC because that was just a cover song of a, of a, a cover of an Aerosmith song mm-hmm. that a three-man rap group did yeah. along with the band, right? Yeah. So throw that out the window. Throw the Anthrax Public Enemy thing out the window. But people forget they did I'm the Man, which is it is absolutely a fucking rap song. Yeah. So. They didn't keep doing that either. No. You know, so it was kind of like that's, you know, that you had these kind of stepping stones. Yeah. So what I would say would be like your Bathory, right? Or because like Venom, it was just the name, black metal, right? Maybe some of the subject matter, but there's, the they didn't sound like black metal, right. right? But some two things that do have a lot of similar sounds into what new metal became I would almost I'm putting one of them in a big four of fucking new metal for sure. I don't care what anybody fucking says, but Rage Against the Machine, and Tool.
0: So here's my counterpoints to both of those, and you could also even in that conversation put uh, Stuck Mojo, Shooty's Groove, a lot of these other bands. Okay, but those
1: weren't as big as those two.
0: No, granted. I'm just saying, as far as the evolution, because if you're talking Stuck Mojo specifically, talking about a lot, the instrumentation is what separates. New metal and what we're talking about here.
1: Oh yeah, and then you can get into mind funk and Mordred, all the yeah. funk metal bands. I mean,
0: funk metal. Even you know yeah, that was all this shit. That is, was like
1: '89. Was yeah. like funk metal. Eight, late '80s, you know. earliest 2000s. Yeah. Excuse me. Again, 90s. but again, stepping stones. We're exactly. all just getting yeah, stepping yeah, yeah. stones to this one point.
0: Yeah. Ultimately, it's leading to corn. Corn is exactly. Yeah, that's because, what I'm saying. Like, and they would have cited all these bands. Um, even fucking. Yeah, we'll get there. Anyways, yeah, Stuck Mojo musically straight up metal that just happens to have rapping you know what i mean they're playing solos it's it's got the fucking more you know typical metal rhythms and leads and and bones even though he's not been with the band for a long time at this point dude was a legit rapper like like he was really good now rage there's absolutely some of the dna in there but they you know they tuned up Zack la Roca could actually rap like they they had a point it wasn't angsty teen kinda whiny stuff like like Zach Roca actually had something to say. Like so when we cross that bridge into what new metal is, all down tuned. There's there's an aesthetic to it, you know what I mean? Um and when we're talking like ground zero, ground zero, yes corn, but also and I know there's some argument about if it was the second album too, but definitely the first Deftones album. See they're you know? my other
1: one in the big four. Yeah is is deftones yeah. so i've got for my big four as far as new metal big four would be corn limp biscuit deftones and raging against the machine because what you have is obviously corn is the first and possibly the biggest i mean at the time i mean i know slipknot became big, and, and lincoln park became bigger yeah yeah but slipknot became bigger a little bit later lincoln park really knocked it out of the yeah, the, the, out of the park. I L- mean, they. I mean they a turning point.
0: They we're, took it we'll to a whole there. new level, but
1: yeah. I would say so. I'm putting Rage Against the Machine there because they were doing the, like legit rap metal, and that's all they fucking did. Dude. Yeah, like they were a fucking rap metal or rap rock, whatever you want to fucking split those goddamn hairs. Mm-hmm. Fucking split them all day. I got better shit to do, but. Yeah. They were the. They really handled that fucking whole rap part because Corn didn't rap a whole lot. It was their music that was very, very fucking rap, hip hop oriented. Mm-hmm. But not so much Jonathan Davis. They were kind of the opposite of Stuck Mojo. Yeah, where they, they, they had the rapper with the metal music. Corn had the like the rap music with the met like metal more metal singer. People forget, man. Davis can fucking scream and growl. Like, yeah, on the those man. first fucking two
0: albums, first yeah. two, three albums, he's pretty aggressive. Well, even on um, you the know? song he did with Sepultura on Roots. Oh, I look, hey, look away, dude.
1: dude. Like yeah. you know, I, I, I mean, I was really kind of like,
0: mm, I want to kind of put Soulfly in there, but I, first yeah. two albums. Uh, I only say that because the third I was so not into that I don't remember most. It's of it. the
1: first. It's really it's the first three. They start getting out of it around four and five. Yeah, but yeah. it was the first three albums for sure. So, yeah, so anyways. But yeah, that's, I mean, the, the, so, and then I put obviously Limp Biscuit there because same, same kind of thing as Rage Against the Machine, right? They're, except they were like, they had more distortion on the guitars. They actually had a DJ in the group, you know, and really, I mean, Fred Durst was, I mean, say, say whatever you want. He's fine. At, like all the stuff he does. Yeah. I would say the thing he does the best. Would probably be his screaming. Yeah,
0: absolutely. You know, he's got yeah. a
1: really angry fucking scream. Like which is which is but everything else he's fine. He's not the greatest singer, he's not the greatest rapper, but he's okay at it, right? Yeah. And then, you know, I'm I'm putting in oh and Deftones. And Deftones definitely covers like Deftones to me really brings that alternative stuff. Yeah. And that's what's gonna bring in groups like System of a Down. Yeah. Okay, all like the kind of like the weird shit. Right? Not saying Korn wasn't doing weird shit, but Korn was using different sounds with guitars. So for a normal traditional guitar player, they were weird sounds. But really, they were just effects. Yeah. Deftones was- were bringing in like shimmery parts, really odd uh, chords that they were using. A sense of melody. Certain melody lines yeah. that, yeah, it would almost be like, it's like 50s lounge music-ish, you know, but in a metal form, right? And it was like, they really damn something smells really fucking good right? yeah but they really brought in a lot of that alternative they were uh, deftones to me was the one that kind of like grabbed from everything and was like dude check all this out right and we're going to put it all in this fucking thing all the while we're kind of on the same tip as corn to the point where corn fans could listen to deftones and really enjoy the band as well and then obviously that the stuff they did together but the, i mean that would be my big four right there the reason i say i would put tool in there as far as like like a stepping stone, um, you know, first wave kind of fucking thing, is the rhythmic element of it. Yeah, Um,
0: there's definitely things you can pick from. Um,
1: You know, and and then obviously, like, not their whole catalog, but Roots specifically, you know, or you you can even go prong. You know, any of the groove metal, you know, the quote-unquote groove metal bands, that was a, you know, so you have all these things. Honestly, to me, if you look at a lot of different, types of these music musics is that a word anyway we're going with it i don't see how anybody can look at nu metal and listen to a lot like just as far as like you know studying it or whatever you want to do like you're listening to it, you're list and you're d- deep diving right i don't know how you can't figure out that it was a pretty logical x ex- uh, um step in music yeah especially at that time
0: oh most definitely so our compatriots in Roachcoach, check them out. Obviously, awesome source for all of this. And they're
1: all new metal, right? Like that's it all is. they
0: kind of all they do. Absolutely, knew? but but they also talk detours. They talk about like non new metal bands that had new metal songs or records. A la, um Okay, Ice, got it. Or no, excuse me, Vanilla Ice. But they also do a thing called Papas, which is not new metal per se, but it's the stuff that obviously was the forefather to what became right, right, new right, metal. Yeah. So they have Yeah, Rage. Yeah, specifically they said because uh, they do out al- they're talking albums in this case. Specifically um, The Real Thing by Face No More, self self-titled Body Count, Meantime by Helmet, like all these other things leading up to that point. Korn specifically talks, "Well, I mean, if you want to go back to the beginning, Bakersfield." Yikes.
1: I was just near there nice. all last week.
0: There you go. Um <laughs> You got two separate groups. You got LAPD, which stands for Love and Peace Dude. And that's David, Monkey, Head, Fieldy, I believe a different singer. And then you had Jonathan Davis in another group called Sex Art doing his own thing. Those two groups come together. Corn. Jonathan Davis, not a metal guy at all. He'll tell you straight up. the Metal guys were the guys that beat him up for being the weird alternative goth kid. He's a cure guy. Um, so when they say, hey, we're starting this new thing... We need you to listen to something heavy. The, f- the common ground was, as we said, faith no more. Back then, you got to remember, new or excuse me, Red Hot Chili Peppers was a very different thing. Oh, as thing. I say,
1: that's that's another one where it was like they were pure. They were a pure funk band. I mean, really. And then they yeah. started adding punk elements to their stuff, a few metal elements to their stuff. Yeah,
0: ground. Or Chili Peppers, old, old, old. Chili Peppers is considered ground zero for funk metal.
1: so yes.
0: that's all what. Um, Corn's coming from at the time. But also, they say, hey, we want to add a little bit of this in. And they specifically hand him a copy of Vulgar Display of Power. And he says that's where his actual journey with metal begins. So that's what you're dealing with. You also have, yeah, the hip-hop influence, especially Cypress Hill, especially, you know, uh, the far side. Stuff like that, dude. So I was going to bring up Pantera
1: as well because... Solely because like specifically yes vulgar display of power that was probably at the time the biggest metal album that featured i think over three songs probably two like three to well maybe three songs that didn't have guitar solos and openly talked about you don't have to have a guitar solo another band i was gonna bring so like that stripped down which you know probably comes from hardcore which brings me to a one band that no one really talks about when they talk about new metal is fucking biohazard. Oh yeah, man. How was, how was, and I haven't seen the banger thing, so forgive me if they do talk about it, but I don't think they do. Well, so that's but biohazard the thing, is one where it's like, dude, like, come on. Well, you know what's <laughs> you funny,
0: dude, is just because back in the day, the biohazard did get brought up a lot by the original bands, you know, no, you know, turn of the century. It was a bit of a different story, but it's funny. It's the same bands making the same music for the most part up until a certain point, Everybody focused on the rap and metal part. Now you talk to people, they focus on the hardcore part because that's what most hardcore sounds like. Not most, but a lot of it. You know what I mean? Like, like they don't, oh, yeah, they, Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, back then it was like, oh, they're rapping. Now it's just like, oh, they sound like hardcore dudes. You know what I mean? Like, it's because, again, the evolution was Madball starting off as an agnostic front clone just with a different singer. Cause right, there was like a lot of
1: hardcore stuff that, because they were generally metro area groups at least people that started the groups and some of it was real street message Mm -hmm. and they had that real street fucking style a lot of it was uh hip-hop influenced yeah because that was what they were kind of always around and whatnot and so as that goes on that influence gets deeper and deeper and deeper to the point where you have something like e-town concrete you know bands like that where it's like yeah, I mean they were banned for a long time before their fucking album came out or and and you know, whatever bands they were in before yeah. that. And you know, so it's like, yeah, I mean, but it's just funny because every time I've been in a conversation, which oddly enough is more it's been several times. Where we're talking, you know, history or beginnings of new metal and stuff, very rarely is Biohazard mentioned.
0: But they are important. Again, they were yes, a lot they, more celebrated in the nineties when it was still a new thing. There's just like, as far as Biohazard goes, it's just kind of like... I feel like like
1: everybody kind of forgot.
0: Well, in that circle, yes. You know. Well, so so that's where I was going. was like, Biohazard was the big new thing. Madball didn't want to be Agnostic Front Jr. anymore. They needed a new sound. So they said they kind of took what Biohazard did and just kind of streamlined it and focused on the hardcore thing. So now you have... Whenever people talk about Biohazard, unless you were there in the 90s for when it was like a very metal thing... Now it's mostly going to be people in the hardcore circle talking about it, you know? But, yeah, so, like, there's some obvious DNA there. Yeah, so you're talking about very specific foundations.
1: Yeah, Uh, Fishbone was another one. 247 Spies. I mean, they were all bands for, like, quite a while. that were doing mixing funk metal with a little bit of rapping. And, I mean, dude, listen to Good Time Boys by Red Hot Chili Peppers off Mother's Milk. Fucking rap song, dude.
0: Yeah. So... Um, but that's the other thing too—is it like it wasn't a mishmash of all these things when Corn came out? It was a very, "This is Corn," you know what I mean? Like that's this is the new thing. This is the sound, and it also put Ross Robinson on the map. Up to that point, the only other thing he really did of note was Fear Factory's first album that didn't even come out for eight well, years. Corn
1: Corn did another thing that really set them apart from everybody else. One, they weren't doing a lot of the Biohazard style hardcore riffs with the rap with the rapping over top of it and they weren't doing like the funk metal style of riffs they were they were really doing more like soulfly sepultura prong style riffs when they were actually riffing yeah because then the other fucking part of it is like really what it is is they're having silvera they're, they're they're actually doing more of what rage against the machine was doing except much more elaborate mm-hmm. because they had the two guitar players. You have your your drummer lay down the beat, your bass player is doing, really carrying the meat of the song, yeah. and then you have these two guitar players on either side that are just effects crazy and just yeah. doing all these crazy fucking things. But the shit that they're playing is like all the stuff that DJ Muggs was fucking doing with Cypress Hill and fucking all this stuff back in the day, DJ Premier from gangstar and like all that stuff you know so you had a lot of the little squeals and stuff like that and they just had to find the effects to make it work yeah but the big thing that i i think that really set corn apart from all that other stuff wasn't just that they 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 made it more like and i hate to say because it was it was big at the time but they made it more of like that g-funk style of rap so we're talking dr dre snoop dogg Doggy style Tupac when he was with Death Row Records, the Dog Pound, stuff like that. Like I mean that changed hip hop.
0: Yeah.
1: And Korn had more of that style than like that old hip hop style, which yeah. is kind of what wore what like hardcore bands had. But the big thing dude is they fucking took one of Steve Vai's signature guitars and instead of fucking they just instead of stringing it like Steve Vai did with the high B, they fucking took that shit, put a lower string on it and then tuned it down and then they had a drop A guitar. They were the first known band to do that Mm -hmm. and at the time i was i'd already been playing for shit man i mean i'd already been playing for three four years and already listening to death metal stuff i'd never heard a guitar that low
0: yeah for sure
1: and i just i mean it blew me away i was like holy fuck like how the fuck did they do that and i thought it was a studio trick were oh, really? they like, yeah? I thought they like slowed it down or something. So, you know, mm-hmm. so it drops pitch or whatever. Yeah, but yeah. I'm like, well, wait a minute. Like you, like that. You would have to be so precise with that. And then it wasn't until you know finally the guitar magazines caught up with what was happening on MTV and the radio. Yeah. And you know, okay, we've got an interview with Corn, and it was like, how do you get this fucking sound? Yeah, and it was like, dude, shit. you know, drop a man.
0: I have a fuck ton of those magazines. I should have brought them just for fun of it. <laughs> no, because I was looking for another one. So um, so let's get into this real quick before we get too much further. Now we're at a point I would like to do this. A, when's the first time you heard new Metal? Was it Corn?
1: I mean, if we're talking Corn's the ground zero, then yes.
0: Okay. So B, when's the first time you heard the term new Metal?
1: It was somewhere around 97 or 98, somewhere in there. And I saw DMX on MTV and the person interviewing him was talking about, uh, maybe maybe he hadn't done the song with Limp Bizkit by that point, but he was asked about Fred Durst, specifically Fred Durst. And he just came out and said, like, hey, like, you can't call this stuff rap metal because it's not rap and it ain't metal. He's like, you're doing both of them a disservice by calling this stuff rap metal. You need to give it a new name. It's something completely different. It's something completely new. You need to give it a new name. Shortly after that, we're talking within a couple weeks, I, that was the first time I saw on MTV News, Kurt Loder, no, it was the girl, Tabitha Soren, referred to, no, they had, um, well, they referred to an interview with someone else. It, it, wasn't a, it wasn't a rapper, and I don't think it was a, like a musician. I think it may have been either a journal or a producer, and they had they they were sitting there talking about this. this they were calling it new metal. Whoever it was doing the interview said, "So what do you mean new metal?" And the the guy had said like new, not new like N E W. He goes, "It's more like new, like fresh." And then he basically like they put up. Like MTV News or whoever was showing it, whatever. Maybe it was on whatever video they were showing, but they specifically showed the N and the U with umlauts over top of it. But they showed it as one word. Hmm. It wasn't two words. Interesting. When I saw the first, so the first time I saw it, it was all one word. Hmm. And then after that. All the you know all the radio. I mean, we had just it was right around that time we had just gotten a well no because it was a few years after a couple years after that when we actually got a rock radio station in Idaho. But I do remember like you know MTV talking about new metal, magazines were talking about new metal, and Mm. and so it's like it just kind of became the thing there. But that was the first time I ever heard it. That's the first person I ever heard say what basically was MTV. By I, I remember that interview with DMX it was the only interview I, with him I've ever seen RIPD but like I've never seen another interview with him and I I remember watching the interview going well that's kind of cool because I kind of felt the same way that he did I just felt that way like 2 to 3 years before that where I was like this isn't the same this, this isn't like rap metal's a dumb name
0: it is <laughs> you know because
1: it's it's not it's not always rapping right with Metal music, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I'm like, because this music isn't fucking, like, traditional metal music, and this isn't traditional rapping either, because I mean, they're also singing, or they're also screaming, or they're also growling, or, you know, they're also whining, like, so it's like, it's not traditional on either end, so it's like, come up, you know, make a new name for
0: it. Yeah, yeah. I heard an interesting argument uh, from somebody as to why new metal isn't metal, is because... Well, no, no okay, specifically why glam metal is metal, and why... Because there's an argument that glam metal isn't metal, but why glam metal is metal and why new metal isn't, is because glam metal had guitar solos. I was like, okay, I could see that angle. Conversely, new metal has the aggression. So like, both were right. You know what I mean? Like, it's all under well, the same. Is fear factory tree. metal.
1: Yeah, there you go. I don't think they have guitar solos
0: either. They had one. Why well, I can't? I can't <laughs> you know? speak for the last two albums, but I know right. they had the yeah. one. But yeah, this I mean, is... up to that point, no. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, exactly. So it's funny you mentioned Fear Factory, though. I remember there being a special in mid-99 when shit was really popping off. We'll get to some of these terms that Roach Coach has come up with here in a sec. Um, there was a special talking about this new wave of metal. Again, no new metal yet. But they, um, they covered... It was Fear Factory, still hot off of Obsolete, which is when their new metal stuff kind of started. Then Cole Chamber, who was more or less right in the middle of their initial tenure. And then Orgy, three bands that sound very different from one another. Talking about, yeah, man, it's metal as long as you have the guitar tone. That's where I'm coming from. So let's go to the following year, 2000. I am fucking pissed because I swore I had this magazine somewhere and I don't. I checked right before I came here. But this is when the first time I saw the term was apparently it was the December, I had to look up what it was, December issue of Spin Magazine. Meaning then, you know, it was probably actually released in October because that's how publication works. Papa Roach on the front cover, which I swore it was somebody different. But now that I see it, I was like, oh, yeah, okay. (laughs) And it says New Metal Invasion. And that's the first time I hear of this stuff referred to as New Metal was in late And was
1: it with the NU with the umlauts? It was. It was.
0: Um, And in there, it was also Slipknot. I thought it was during the Iowa cycle, but that can't be if it was 2000. Um, So that's the first time I see the term New Metal. First song I heard was, and I don't want to step on the foot of a corn episode too much. First song I heard was No Place to Hide in '96. I hadn't even heard anything off the self titled album yet. Then, shortly after Adidas, but I mean, just like what a random ass song. That would have been the song they were pushing at the time, so it makes sense. But yeah, man, Adidas in '96, <laughs> I was 11.
1: Yeah, I would say like the first new metal song I heard was Blind. I mean, that was the first song on the album. We had the album, like literally the I think probably, like, the it was the week it came out. Mm -hmm. I don't know which one of my friends bought it. I also don't know where they heard it, you know, because... Or why they bought it, because I don't... Well, they may not have released a song before the album came out, like, uh, you know, a couple weeks before the album came out to MTV, but I also don't think he bought it the day it came out. So they may have released a video like maybe the same day that came because a lot of bands did that like they released a music video their first single the day the album comes out so maybe he saw it and then like later that week you know when he got paid or whatever he he went and bought the fucking album but like it was i mean it was just so fucking cool to hear at the time something completely different yet it wasn't i mean if you really want to get down to it man like the the thing that really got me about it being like so different sounding because i mean i had a friend that really thought we were listening to a new prong album which i mean i i can see that it's you know this the groove style and all that but the thing is is like those guitars dude yeah the guitar like well the guitars and the bass sound mm -hmm. like the bass sounded really fucking cool hadn't heard Really, a bass that sounded like that, yeah,
0: especially that. I and, couldn't tell then, the fucking you know, notes at times. Do you yeah, know all it was the, was the clicking. Well, yes, sound? It,
1: and, and then you know you had, and again, it was like I mean the production is a little bit muddy, but they didn't have proper speakers to be handling guitars and bass tune that low. You know, and they probably didn't know how to mix stuff like that yet. They did, you know, and it was they were kind of it, it was they were on the learning curve. So by the time that third album comes out, man, I mean. It, they got it down, because by that time, not only is Follow the Leader" sounding amazing, mm-hmm. but everything else kind of sounds really fucking good after that.
0: So let's get into that. Ross Robinson, as equally important to what is considered new metal as the bands themselves. First corn album, second corn album. Third corn album, as you say, it took me years to realize how different things sounded. Kobe Wright, completely different league of producer. Yes. Uh, Ross Robinson did come in to do the vocal coaching, but other than that, it was Toby Wright. First Limp Biscuit album, Ross Robinson, three dollar bill, y'all. Who did they do after that? I don't remember. I think it's Terry Date. In yeah, but that, and that
1: Date. one is a lot more commercially polished, way better sounding. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's less substance on that one, but it's it's there's way it's way flashier sounding. Yeah. Um, also, Ross Robinson. Um, let's see. So that's uh, first Soulfly album, correct?
0: First. At least first, yeah. Um, and the story, I think we covered it, but he like buried the tapes in dirt and unearthed them just to give it that little extra grit, which...
1: That's dumb as It fuck. is, it
0: is. Dude, it's not this thing, man. It's like, okay, so I'll get to this one more example because like we could keep going down that rabbit hole, but the first two Slipknot albums, who do they work with after that? Fucking Rick Rubin and then Greg Feidelman after that. Important for the foundation of some of these bands, yes. All their biggest albums were the ones after that. He definitely had the sound, you know, that raw. You know, it's a well, he's unproduced the, sound. He's really. the
1: energy guy. Yeah. He gives the energy, and that's what brings everybody in. But, man, after a while, you kind of need something to sound a little bit better than that.
0: Yeah. So, further down the line, he does some interesting stuff. He's just like guys that you wouldn't think were in his wheelhouse Norma Jean, the cure, dude. Now you get to this past decade. I'm not a huge Cancer Bats guy. I like—I turned fucking Midwestern there for a sec. Bats. I t- I'm not a huge Cancer Bats guy, but I like what I've heard. But apparently, he kind of derailed their career on that last album. Wasn't the right you know, thing for him. Bigger example, Suicide Silence, man. Yeah. A very admittedly new metal influence band from the jump. I think that's yes. what kind of set them apart from all the others. They decide they want to not go full new metal, but definitely up that ante by bringing in Ross Robinson, who's the father of that sound, man. Um, and they take all the weirdest, absolutely weirdest parts of what he's done, you know what I mean? And obviously we know how that turned out. I just don't think his production makes sense for a lot of bands in you know, past That's the thing is a lot of those recordings at the very least, if not the bands themselves, only made sense in the mid to late nineties, you know what I mean? Now, I can't say that with every right, band
1: well, but that was because even, you even look at what was going on in movies at that time. I mean, when Pulp Fiction came out, it was nominated for a fucking Osc- Oscar or Grammy? It, Oscar. Was, it was Oscar. That was a – I mean, really, it was a whole – like, Pulp Fiction upped the whole extreme thing, right? Especially mainstream movies. And it just got crazier and crazier after that to the point where you get, like, those butterfly effect movies. And it's just, like, written, you know, we, we hate movies, man. Listen to their episode on Butterfly Effect, and it's just, they, these two writers just sitting there. Pfft, you know what, dude? Yeah, yeah, for sure. We need to get extreme with this, man. Like, Pfft, you know, and it was like, and that, their whole thing is just like extreme, like you know, the the Harold and Kumar, the extreme dudes. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. That's what this music is for. Yeah, it that's really who is. this music is for. Yeah. It is aggro as fuck, dude. It's 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 all the fucking. You think Five Finger Death Punches Kyle music? Dude, new metal is Kyle music, specifically Korn, specifically Limp Bizkit. I was
0: going to say especially Limp Bizkit. Limp Korn Biscuit was... is
1: incel fucking Kyle music, yeah,
0: dude. Yeah, well, so because Korn's whole thing was I was abused and I'm the weirdo at school. So right. It's interesting to take that transition to Limp Biscuit when it becomes I'm the fucking coolest I'm... dude in the world. You know what I mean? Like... It's like,
1: but he's not. It's always everybody's shitting on me and I'm going to fucking show you. It's like, everybody's shitting on me, fuck you. And then it turns into, all the women shit on me, fuck you. But he's dating Carmen Electra. Yeah. Yep. yep, yep. You know, so it's like, well, wait a minute. You have like, and maybe he was a fucking genius in that regard. Where, hey man, like, I'm going to appeal to these dudes because currently there's no music for those dudes. Maybe that was a genius move on his part. I don't know. I don't think it was intentional, but... You know, there was a lot of people recently with the whole Twitter thing that were saying, oh, you know, the misogyny of Limp Bizkit and stuff. I'm like, but look where their music came from. Look where this stuff came from. Hip-hop has always been like that. (laughs) Not always, but for a long time Mm -hmm. has been like that. And it's like, well, that's where it's like kind of the genesis of all of this. I mean, say what you want about fucking, you know, suicidal tendencies, faith no more, even take it back further, you know, like with, you know, some bands doing weird shit, even in the fucking seventies or whatnot. Mm-hmm. You you want to take it back all the way? I mean, everything goes back, what Black Sabbath, right? And it even goes further than that. But you you want to take it? You want to take it fucking back, dude? And it's like, you know what? There's another one. Guy was kind of an alternative style of music that no one really knew what was around at the time. Nine Inch Nails. You know, and it wasn't like he was misogynist. He was pissed at a woman, a, a very specific woman. You know, he's pissed at his ex, and he wrote an album about it, because that's who wronged him in the relationship, and he's being emo about it, right? So it's like, okay, so you have Jonathan Davis with the abuse thing, you have Fred Durst talking about fucking basically like, you know, the just the angsty fucking, you know, oh man, like, I'm, you know, this fucking chick just did me wrong kind of fucking thing. You had Deftones that was talking about all kinds of fucking shit, man, like, I mean, just really getting into a lot of different fucking areas and then you had like straight fucking political activist shit with rage against machine and and to some degree as far as i remember a lot of tool stuff was kind of like more along the lines of the anti-religious stuff
0: that's part of it
1: you know was was some of you know a lot of their stuff so it was like okay so then you had that part of it as well you had Biohazard. I mean, they were talking about you know, real street shit. You know, doing songs with Onyx and, mm-hmm. and Cypress Hill. That's so
0: how it is. Judgment Nighttime. You know, nice, so man. like you know, you
1: had you had that sort of thing going on, and it was like it all all of those things just slam into each other yep. all at the same fucking time, and you end up with even like the ultimate. Well, what, I mean, I, they're not a poser I shouldn't call them a poser band. I they they were probably Okay, just, okay.
0: So before we get to that, because I see where you're going here. Again, Roach Coach does a very succinct job with where the timeline goes, right? So, and then they do a much better job. And like, they keep adding chapters because they realize things as they go along. The big penultimate thing leading up to everything commercially is what we're talking about from 94 with the Corn um, first album. And then Lump Biscuit was, you know what's the craziest thing about Lump Biscuit? We'll get into this more on the episode, but we really put them over the top is the fucking... George Michael cover video, dude. Faith. That's where the big pop was. So there was built anticipation for the next album, which ended up being Significant Other. That's when things really popped off with Nookie, dude. I didn't oh, think yeah. they were going to top that, you know, the George Michael cover when I was 14 because I was fucking dumb. And they did with Nookie and everything that followed. So the peak commercial viability of new metal is what they pinpoint as the release day of Significant Other. And they call that parties in full effect. Everything up to that point was parties getting started, and I know they've added some more things in there. But it's an interesting way to think. So we're going to start right there with Limp Biscuit popping off with Significant Other. Also, you have the debut Slipknot record later that summer. And you have so much shit. Now record companies are buying up all these acts, man. Not even developing them, just putting them out there. Like It's, it's crazy. However, yes... Things take a drastic change
1: when Oh, are we I was talking about something completely different, but I Are you sure? I was, I, I was I'm thinking, assuming you're talking about Papa Roach and Lincoln Park.
0: Specifically Lincoln Park. Papa Roach and Lincoln. big Park, one, but Lincoln Park. With dude. every
1: genre you have, you have one band that kind of comes around and commercializes it. We've talked about it before. And Lincoln Park was the band for New Metal. They really commercialized what it was, Waste Liquor Production better sounding guitars they had probably the best dj out of any of those fucking dudes and he was very prominent on their albums and it worked with what they were all doing what they were doing with their dj drummer guitars and bass player in my opinion worked better than any other new metal band that there was that had a dj
0: because a, a lot was. of them
1: didn't have a dj yeah i think incubus is close yeah. But theirs was easier because they didn't have a lot of distortion on the guitars. They had a lot of parts that didn't feature guitar. Linkin Park did have majority parts that featured guitar. Also, they had, they did it better again, too. I don't like the way the dude fucking sounds. I don't think he's a great singer. But they had a full-on singer that fucking screamed and blah, blah, blah with Chester. And then they had Shinoda, who was a great rapper. You know, he, I mean, he was better than Fred Durst. He was better than Jason. He was, okay, he's not better than MCUD, but he was close. You know, he was, he was, Head P.E. Oh. You know, like you had, like, he was a really good rapper. You know, and so, I mean, they would, they just did it all, like, at this higher level. Now, by this time, they had all this stuff to go on, right? It's like, Okay, so they, they want to say, well, party's getting started. Well, now the fucking party's in full effect. Well, you know, Linkin Park was the guy that fucking showed up and said, fuck your keg, I brought a fucking fifth of Jack Daniels, right? They, you know, and now let's get really fucked up because that's exactly what happened. Like, And then when they did that, and then Last Resort by Papa Roach came out, which was another one that was commercialized version of, you know, it wasn't as aggro, it wasn't as... I don't want to say it wasn't
0: as rough around the edges. I don't want to say it
1: wasn't it wasn't as, as, edges, sure. it wasn't, it wasn't as provocative as Corn as because it's a if you really look at the lyrics to to last resort, man, it's a, it's actually a pretty heavy subject.
0: hmm And Broken Home and you know. Like getting,
1: but it wasn't yeah, it definitely wasn't as raw. You know, and it was definitely packaged better. When those two songs came out, suddenly prior to that, you had Slip Not Wait and Bleed on the radio. You had Pod South Town on the radio. For all intents and purposes, was kind of it was structured more like a, a a hardcore, like a Biohazard type song. You had Static X Push It. For all intents and purposes, was a really like a pretty heavy song for the radio. Absolutely. Lots of distortion on that song. Pretty fucking fast.
0: Well, I wanted to get into that too.
1: Is you like, know, like you so you had you had, you had these metal, fucking right? songs on the radio that were like because by this time we had a rock radio station K Bear One Hundred and One, and it was like. Holy shit, like, okay, cool. Well, okay, fine. For for right now, this is probably the heaviest stuff I'd heard on the radio because mandatory Metallica wasn't a thing yet. But so they didn't really play Metallica much on the radio, not at that point. But you had those, those four songs. I remember those four songs. Lots of distortion on the guitars. Heavy fucking songs. All of a sudden, Linkin Park comes out One Step Closer. Yes, I think that's that was the name the of the song. One,
0: yeah. And the then
1: Last Resort from Papa Roach comes out. And all of a sudden, boom, you don't hear any weight and bleed. Right. You don't yeah. hear Southdown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You never hear push it again. You don't hear any of that. All of a sudden, it's all it's it's these two songs. And then they kind of just went back to playing Alice in Chains and Pearl Jam. Well, and you so, know, and, and Ozzy and stuff. And, yeah. and it was like, oh, we have this nicer version. Yet last resorts talking about fucking basically you know, you're fucking talking about fucking killing yeah. yourself. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. You know, and um, One Step
1: Closer isn't necessarily a happy song either.
0: It's a much more accessible version of what came before, yes. But they're not on the fucking,
1: they're not on the mic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, and they're yeah, not yeah, doing yeah. shit like that. They're not you know, death growling like yeah. Jonathan Davis. They're not doing <laughs> the stuff that Corey Taylor did. And mm-hmm. and um, so it's, it's a lot... It's easier on the ears.
0: Absolutely. You know,
1: like, it's what it is.
0: Yeah. I mean, like, so you got, it's evolving. The fucking style is evolving in real time. Again, everything after $1 bill, y'all, Limp Bizkit is completely polished and very accessible.
1: Three. Which one? $3. $1 bill, bill? Y'all.
0: Sorry, I was thinking in third.
1: Like, $1 bill is a thing. $3 yeah, yeah. bill ain't.
0: Yeah. Well, there's a saying, right? <laughs> um, but also, alongside that, I wanted to get into you brought up Static X. Now there's a completely different lane of new metal where it's like industrialized new metal. With stat I don't evil know who disco, did it first.
1: Evil Disco, dude. Yeah. That was their thing, Evil Disco.
0: Yeah, I don't know who did it first because I wasn't paying attention that much. But you had early Spine Shank, you had Sp- Static X, Power Man 5000, when uh, Fear Factory did like Edge Crusher and all that, and even more so on DigiMortal, like there was this other kind of concurrent thing going. It well, was and kinda- Orgy
1: was kind of on that tip too. Dope was Thank kind you. of on that tip. Yeah,
0: Orgy I meant you to know, they They the-
1: really leaned into... And, and that's what that's so that's what I was trying to say by everything culminating. Yeah, everything culminated into this huge ball of aggro, mm-hmm. right? So now everything's fucking pissed. Yeah, and suddenly motherfucker is a lyric. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, dude, everybody just started fucking picking their little lanes, yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And because, system because at what at that one point when when corn and biscuit and. Not so much Rage Against the Machine. They were straight up rap metal. Like But Korn added bagpipes, Mm -hmm. nursery rhymes. Yeah, it was but they added it to that this G-funk-ish style hip-hop beat that they had. But they also added in like morbid angel style fucking rhythms, man. Like heavy sounding guitars. They they had that part right? Limp biscuit. Same kind of thing. Pretty heavy guitars, dude. But they also added a lot of fucking clean playing, dude. They added in a lot of the tool stuff with the the drum and bass because Otto and fucking um Rivers are like fucking forget about
0: it. Oh they're cousins. And then yeah, they've probably been playing But, a but long they also time.
1: had those heavy guitars, but then they took it to a, a different level than Korn did. They had DJ Lethal. Who from House of Fucking Pain, dude? Like, come on, dude. Jump Around it was a huge song in 92, man. Oh, yeah. Huge. They had him in the fucking band. It's like, okay, you know, and then you had Deftones that were like everything. That's so many, so many weird things. I mean, especially by the time around the fur came out, dude. Mm-hmm. Like, they had all kinds of weird shit going on. So it's like, once everybody saw that, then all of a sudden it's like, yeah, System of a Down comes out, man. They have the, um, like, the, the, like the dudes, like, what are they, Cossack dancers, you know? Oh,
0: yeah, do, yeah, do, yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, dude,
1: yeah. hey. And they kick their feet out or whatever. They have that kind of vibe going on. They're Armenians, so they're very political and they are bringing their culture stuff out in their fucking music, too. And they're hyper fucking alternative, but they're also death growls. Mm-hmm. There's skanks, dude. There's fucking breakdowns. There's fucking blast beats. Like they're doing all kinds of weird shit. Then you have a fucking band who's kind of on the normal side of that sort of thing, Seven Dust. Yeah. They're not a traditional de- they're not a traditional heavy metal band by any means. But they weren't as crazy as some of the other bands. Disturbed mm. was another one. They that's who I was talking about. The poser band was uh, Disturbed. But I, I also don't want to call them a poser band because I was just talking with my wife earlier about Bon Jovi, how, you know, really he didn't want to do glam stuff. I mean, he he wanted to do like those 50s doo-wop rock and roll songs, but the glam stuff had to get him in the door to where he could get to the point where he could do that stuff. And Disturb was kind of the same way. They, they just, it's pretty clear what they wanted to do because they only did the new metal thing at the time when it was viable. And then, at, I mean, after that. They, I mean, they continued on. They didn't lose their record deal. They yeah. continued on. They're very successful as kind of just a regular radio metal band. Mm-hmm. But at the time, there was no radio metal like that. Sure. And that's another thing I, pe- I think people don't understand. To get to as that, point, far as, to like why, as far as like why, as far as why every, you know, kind of everybody did listen to this stuff. You know, oh, it's garbage. Why did everybody listen to it? There wasn't really there wasn't a whole lot of regular metal at the time. This was the regular metal. Like this mm-hmm. is the stuff that was played all the fucking time. Of course, we had all the other stuff on CDs and tapes and shit, but if you were looking for MTV or radio, this was what was getting fucking played. So yeah, everybody starts picking their lanes. Some of them more alternative than others. Some of them getting really fucking out there. Some of the rap metal groups, man, like the rappers got really fucking good. I mean, but you know, it's like I would just—I'll shout out a couple. Primer Fifty Five Dude was one of my favorite. That's you know Jason and Bobby Burns, you know, and Head PE at the time. The first two albums, two of my favorite fucking albums. I mean, they would be in my fucking top one hundred of all time. I wow. love their first two fucking albums. MCUD is fucking awesome. He goes by Jared, just Jared. That's now, all I dude. knew him as. Yeah. You know, and and you know, and he's got a fucking reggae side thing. But I mean, they're another one. They had a DJ. They played like rap style fucking noises on their guitars like synth sound like the synth hits you would hear in you know and i mean they had the fucking straight up like the dj using you know a lot of the fucking bass sounds and stuff they really took the rap part to a whole new level i thought they were kind of doing it better than every anybody else as far as the rap stuff you know and essentially and they had like a little bit of a kind of a reggae hippie drum circle kind of vibe going on Mm -hmm. and then soulfly comes in they've got all the world music and i mean that to me was really what kicked in the door was when soulfly really it, you brought in all the different instruments and everybody kind of heard it
0: and the features man there was like right, a feature and the features most yeah i mean
1: it was all of a sudden it was like okay it's like it's it opened up everybody's eyes to like we can now add everything mm-hmm. you know and and a lot of people did but there was a lot of them that were, you know, like, um, you know, like El Nino, they, I mean, they didn't add everything. They just had a Latin influence on kind of the same thing that corn and Limp Bizkit, like more along that line, yeah. lines of just groovy bass driven uh, stuff, you know, did wit- you ever
0: read digital metal back in the day when that was still a website? Uh, uh-uh. it was somebody, the review was very succinct. It was all, you ever wonder what Soulfly and Lincoln park would sound like if they had a baby together. <laughs> that's and that sums yeah. it up pretty well. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's pretty much what it's like. I mean, then, you know, and. They, you know they were another good one puya was another one that had like the really like a big latin influence man like you know and and you had all of this fucking stuff and it was like if you're the kind of person that doesn't like peanut butter in your fucking chocolate and suddenly there's peanut butter in your chocolate then yes you're gonna hate it bottom line you know so it doesn't surprise me that a lot of people hated not just this style of music but this era of music in general like i'm I mean, right around this time was where I really started disliking a lot of metal, uh, especially as it got a little bit watered down. But also, I started also disliking rap too because the rap beats were going in a place where I didn't really like them either. And I'm trying to think of what the fuck I listened to.
0: Yeah, (laughs) that's an interesting. Wait a
1: minute, what was I listening to? I
0: didn't know that um, until recently that the mid 2000s were considered like the commercial low point of hip hop, dude. Like, I was like, really? I, I liked a lot of crunk, dude. Like, I, I like Lil Jon and, like, Ludacris and stuff. And apparently that's considered the commercial low before Trap became a thing, which I'm like, wow, I had no idea. So it's interesting you bring that up. Like, like, there's kind of com- a concurring well, that, that, there.
1: Well, that commercial low is because that's right around the time that file sharing was at its peak and everybody was losing money. What I mean is, like, the era before that. Right be- before Lil Jon and the crunk fucking sound happened, there was just this two-year period there from like 98 to 2000 where like fucking all the beats just sucked man like i mean aside from because i mean dr dre wasn't even putting anything out at that point he hadn't made his comeback on the chronic 2001 yet you know i mean eminem was doing a thing but like even i didn't like the beats that he a lot of the beats that he had on his first album and so it was like there was a lot of that stuff i mean even one of my favorite rappers of all time red man like i I don't listen to those albums man even still now because the beats just really everybody see that's the thing like metal wasn't the only thing that got weird at that time rap got weird at that time as far as i know from people i know country got fucking weird at the time like everything got weird at the time and i think Hmm. it's because all of a sudden you know what's happening at this time the fucking internet
0: yeah no that's true
1: you're this is right about the time that everybody has the internet because this is a right around the time also, by now, most people or most households have cable modems. And now you have lots of internet. Sure, internet was around long before that, but you can't get as much because it's slow.
0: Yep, AOL dial-up, baby. Yeah.
1: yeah, so now everybody has cable modems. Now we have a lot of internet going on. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and so it's like, oh... You know, so now you are, you know, people are seeing more. They're they're finding out more. You have file sharing. Now people are listening to stuff that they've never fucking heard before because they don't, it's not because they want to rip somebody off. It's not because they're, it's not even because they're fully addicted to music. It's just because, like, they don't have the money to fucking spend on all the stuff they may want to listen to. Yeah. And now all of a sudden it's all there. So because you have more people listening to more styles and you, someone just kicked the door in to fucking basically say like we could play whatever the fuck with whatever the fuck, then yeah, of course, of course this is what's going to happen across across music in general, just all the way around the board, you know? So it was just a weird time for everything. Like like I said, the movies were weird around that time. I mean, for the time they were, they were very strange. Like, because again, we were getting into this, everything's got to be more extreme. Now everybody's dropping F bombs everywhere and I'm not talking about fuck. I'm talking about the other F bomb. People mm-hmm. dropping that left and goddamn right because that was considered, you know, the thing. I mean, it was like that and cunt. I think would probably be the only two words that really fucking bothered anybody. You know, but you had that getting dropped in every go- every movie. You had You know, the one thing I'm not sure of is TV shows, because I didn't really watch TV at the time, so I have no fucking clue on that. Mm, But, I mean, as far as movies go, I mean, that's when movies got a little bit more, you know, aggressive and a little bit more um, extreme and stuff, but... If you remember all the commercials, like, Doritos got fucking extreme. Mm-hmm. Mountain Dew can't started coming out with oh, fucking yeah. different those flavors.
0: Busta Rhymes fucking Mountain yeah. Dew commercials
1: are some of my <laughs> favorite, dude. I mean, every everything. This was this. I mean, I I just still can't get over the the Harold and Kumar's the scene when they're at that gas station with yep. those guys. Oh yeah, because I knew dudes like that.
0: Same,
1: you okay. know. So, so yeah. It, it only makes sense that the music, and movies, and and the culture around that really reflected. You know that sort of thing, and, and and yeah, then then it culminates commercially into Lincoln Park, Papa Roach, and I would even say Slipknot. Oh yeah. And shortly after that, it all just kind of dies out.
0: Yeah, do, um And i there are several factors Commercially, that, so like a
1: big one. You know.
0: That gets talked about is nine eleven. That so that fucking same year, dude. Ozfest two thousand one, and you look at the lineups over the years, you see where. Taste, change, and vary. Sure. 2001, specifically, was the apex of all that shit, yes. dude. Main stage. Sabbath headlining, obviously. Right below that, Manson. Right below that, I believe, Slipknot, right? Right, right before Iowa comes out. Right before that, Papa Roach. Lincoln Park. Crazy Town, who we forgot to talk about. Um, <laughs> like, I- you know what I mean? It's like, this is it. This is this is new metal takeover for sure. And then 9-11 comes out. All these songs about falling away and, like, you know, fall to pieces. And, like, you know what I mean? Like, just anything, you know, cut my life into pieces. This Crashing is my around you by machine head. Yeah.
1: But that's the other thing. That 9-11 happened, and, I mean, it fucked up a lot of release dates. Mm-hmm. And anything that was coming out after that was being looked at a little bit harder, yes.
0: Yeah. Um, I didn't know this till years later. Apparently a lot of Iowa copies went in the landfill because nobody wanted to take that kind of music on. Like, like there was a huge thing with all that. That I didn't realize till years later. I mean, Pledge of Allegiance to her with Slipknot and System of a Down still happened. They had to, you know, change a couple of things, but like that was still going on. So I didn't know any better. I was the target demographic for this stuff when it was happening. So I ate most of it up. You know what I mean? So I think this
1: was the year that um, Idaho had the the offshoot, you know, Ozfest called BFE.
0: Mm-hmm. So they had their little satellite things. We and had we went. Here. We
1: went to that, and it was supposed to. Well, okay, it wasn't supposed to be. It was rumored, and everybody kept, you know, I mean, everybody was talking about Slipknot coming to Idle Falls and playing at the rodeo grounds, and, you know, a bunch of us were like, oh, I'll believe that when I see it. To us, it was like, they're, you know, they're way too big to play here, but in all actuality, they probably weren't. So it ended up being Mudvayne, and then another big, oh, so here's the list of some of the bands that played on this one. Godhead. Mm Mm-hmm. Which was kind of like a Marilyn Manson, they were Marilyn Nails Manson's proteges, whatever. Yeah, Back in the day. Otep, yeah, Nonpoint, mm-hmm. Drowning Pool. Mm. Uh, who else played the Saliva, Systematic,
0: Systematic for sure. I saw,
1: and then the only other ones I remember after that was Taproot, yeah,
0: because okay. they
1: were later in the evening because they came through the first BFE in '99 or 2000 and that's when the singer was sick like and they could only play like four songs i mean he, he had a puke bucket behind the drums so we could Ugh. see him puking you know and so so they came back they played a full set and i think they played third to last i think it went taproot then union underground yeah dude okay <laughs> um remember that shit and yeah. then and then Mudvayne closed it out and it and Every one of those bands was on AusFest that year. Yeah, yeah. Like, they, if that'll not, give you an uh, idea. Maybe of,
0: not Saliva. They 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 might have jumped on just because they actually, were, like, prosturing.
1: Saliva might not have been on that. I'm, I may have been thinking of Systematic because Systematic, the systematic reason...
0: Systematic, definitely. The, was the I reason I remember
1: that. that was because their guitar player broke a string while he's playing a solo. Mm-hmm. And then, fucking, he keeps playing this fucking whatever and then, fucking his guy comes out and hands him a guitar like mid solo and he keeps soloing or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then come to find out I'm watching a fucking show on MTV, I'm assuming. And it's, you know, systematics live. And the dude literally did the same exact thing. So I was like, Oh, Uh, it's like it's
0: part of their show. It's part of the show. I was like,
1: that's fucking lame. But they were the Lars,
0: you know, they they were were Lars's protégé. protégé. So So it was the fucking year of protégés because Mudvayne at the time was was Slipknot protégé. Yeah. um, Godhead, Marilyn Manson, I want to say, or what what was their fucking name? American Head Charge. Might Uh, have been somebody. They were
1: one that was there too. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. It's literally all these bands. Yeah, you're naming. Because, like, those were even not just the main stage, but the side stage, dude. Same thing. All those bands. Yeah, uh, Nonpoint, dude. Like, it was just the big takeover, dude. And then, so uh, did you ever go to any Ozfest Proppers by any chance? No. Okay, so they handed out, like, CD samplers of all the bands playing. And, like, you could see it. Like, the first year I went 99, so you got, you know, fucking Slayer. And it's like not even just the bands playing, but like the uh, managed bands around them. Pantera, they like, Roadrunner had a huge one I remember that was very crucial to me growing up. It was Slipknot, it was the radio edit of Wait and Bleed. Um, it wasn't even a song by Typo, it was just Peter going, hey, we don't have a song for this thing, but we got a record coming out. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, Choke Sepultura. <laughs> Eye for an Eye, Soulfly, the Workhorse Movement. If anybody remembers the Workhorse Movement, <laughs> I remember. Um, what is it two years later? Uh, and I got the one for 2000. I just can't remember what it is. But yeah, two years later, it's like all these, but mm. it's, it's Alien Ant Farm because they were kind of lumped in with the rest of new metal. Drowning Pool, maybe a handful of point, a few others. And then it's like, okay, dude, like this is where you can see all the major labels just bought up as many new metal bands as they can throw against a wall and see what stuck because if you look at some of these bands no
1: one um well yeah by the time 2001 was hitting because of the way the music industry was at the time because glam got the same way yeah you started having these bands that had like one big song on the radio like trickster i mean they're a garbage band dude like but they were big and they were big because they had this one fucking song and it was like by the time 2001 came around, I don't ever think like, I think even back then, I don't think sounds and eras play themselves out. The The music industry you know, is the one that plays it out. They start signing bands that shouldn't have been signed in the first place. And yeah. that's why now, when we talk about Spotify and you got that guy on your fucking Facebook feed or your guy, some gal on your fucking instagram feed talking about fuck the guy from spotify he's not paying anybody and i'm just sitting there thinking like well you weren't going to get paid anyway because your band sucks you should be glad that you even have a fucking platform to upload your shit to because if you didn't you wouldn't be in a band anymore or you would just be a hobby band
0: yeah i found this fucking thing can i read off some of the bands real quick so it's a streetwise sampler because there was two it was all the bands that did play all and then it was this thing or the you remember Street Teams back in the day?
1: I remember Street Teams. Yeah, yeah. But What is What is Streetwise? Is that I, a label? If I'm
0: not mistaken, that was like a, it was, if it wasn't a Street Team like managing Dude, what thing. What the fuck? It was like you got an iPhone thing. four? Is that an iPhone four? This is a six, my dog. My last one was. That's four. a six. Yeah, yeah, Doesn't yeah. Doesn't look like that. Anyways, good this, hell, man. Yep, somebody's got to do it. Anyways, <laughs> starts with Static X. Again, this is 2001. This is not non-point. What a day after that. Two big songs. Two big songs. After that. Pressure Four Five beat the world. Oh, I remember heard? Pressure See, Four Five. See, I actually like these guys, but <laughs> they, if you read
1: their story, they fucking. I didn't like it, but I remember Pressure Four yeah, Five. Yeah.
0: After that, no one. After that, okay, Drowning Pool. We know Ooh. what happened after them. What? No one. They opened. Um.
1: I downloaded that one time. Okay. I don't think I ever listened to it though.
0: They They did the our half of the Pledge of Allegiance that year when it was them, Mudvayne, uh, Ramstein, System of a Down, Slipknot. Yeah, Somebody do else I... did the other half. I don't remember who. Uh, anyways, after that, you got Drowning Pool and Puya Again, did well enough, obviously. After that, you got Half-Cocked, Beautiful Creatures, From Zero, American Head Charge, Switched, Darwin's Waiting Room, Otep, Six Gig, Alien Ant Farm, Pete, Soil. They did fine. One okay, song from so the it. Iomi solo record. And then Slaves on Dope and Pure Rubbish.
1: Okay, so I've heard of Slaves on Dope also.
0: Yeah, Slaves on Dope was another one. But that's, players. I
1: mean... <laughs> Slays
0: yeah. on Dope, apparently, like, I've
1: only But Slays on Dope and, and, like, no one. And even, even to some degree, Soil, I think Soil got, I mean, Halo was a really big. Soil
0: hung song. on. But, like, um, some of those other ones, dude, like Pete and Pure Radish, Right, there's, like, there's a lot of
1: that stuff where it's, like, man. Beautiful Creatures, like, yeah. So, so, like, that's what I'm saying. Those guys would be able. To, now, okay, the bands that I just talked about that are complaining about Spotify or whatever. Here's the thing. Someone can hear your music now where before no one would hear your music because i mean except your local fucking scene or whatever mm-hmm. like the only way someone would hear you is be if you played it live because you wouldn't be getting a record deal at least now someone can hear your fucking music you want to say fuck spotify cool you can put it on soundcloud free as fuck guess what you still ain't getting fucking paid but people can hear your shit you know so it's like whatever so bands like those bands a lot of those bands that you named off had they had something like we have now because some of those bands had like a big enough song i'm thinking you know i'm talking like non point with what a day and soil with halo and and even american head charge i couldn't tell you what the song was alien ant farm the michael jackson cover but they wouldn't have been as fucked because they could still do what they do and they could still have their listeners via, you know, YouTube, Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Music, all that, you know, where they didn't have that option then. So it was like, well, your le- record label dropped you. Yep. You either quit playing music altogether or come up with a new thing. Yeah. I mean, know? and that's just how life was then. I mean yeah. it, it was it was hard for not saying it isn't hard for a musician now. I'm just saying it was it was just as hard back then. I mean the the, the possibility for money was probably better, but that also made it harder because you kinda had to you, you had to be better than someone else yeah. to get to get the fucking record deal.
0: So like just a lot of those bands have just been forgotten by time because of the weird deals they must have had at the time. A lot of that shit isn't even on streaming. You might might be able to find it on YouTube. Well yeah, small time. labels
1: and I mean YouTube probably be your best bet because just Joe Blow might be able to upload it and whatever record label owns the rights or whoever owns it, they might not see it or might not care. Yeah. And so they're just like, all right, cool, we'll just leave it, see here. Where Spotify, you have to pay to put it on there.
0: Mm-hmm. That's the thing. Some of these were big labels, dude. A huge band got a huge push in the, around the turn of the century, dude. Simon Says. Do you remember Simon Says? Uh, yeah, I remember okay.
1: Simon Says, yeah.
0: Can't find it anywhere except fucking YouTube because somebody put the the CD on there by themselves. And the drummer dude is considered like one of the best drummer dudes that drummer dudes look up to. Unfortunately, can't remember his name, but he's like uh, Johnston, something Johnston but he's like a big deal. And like that came out, you know, years later. So we look towards the future again, nine 11 fucked up a lot of things. But also, but also
1: like the other thing is because the industry it, it essentially got a little bit greedy, and they, they put out kind of like so much fucking garbage. They really watered the yeah, whole genre down. And that's exactly. not the genre's fault. It's not yeah. the band's fault. They're just trying to fucking make music and get paid. Yeah. It's the industry's fucking fault. And the thing is, is like all of a sudden, dude, Metalcore came around and just blew well, it out of the Okay, water. so
0: what I was just gonna say was by that time, Poison the Wells already got some heat in the underground. What happens in two thousand two, dude? The hate breed too. Perseverance was one. by Hatebreed, but especially, especially Alive or just breathing by yes. Kill Switch Engage. And we haven't got to a Kill Switch episode yet. I have some things I want to do for that. But like, I remember the big thing Roadrunner said, Hey, you're our last metal band. If you don't pan out, we're going to just keep doing stuff like Nickelback. You know what I mean? And then it fucking exploded. The Kerrang. I haven't seen this. I need to find this one day. But the Korean advertisement is Kill is here to kill new metal dead. And it's like a garbage bag or a garbage can with fucking adidas pants hanging out in the red right it's the same it's the
1: same thing with grunge killing hair metal yeah you know like that that was the same idea so you know
0: 2002 you got a bunch of these bands uh mushroom head El nino pulse ultra third strike flaw on the second stage yeah well there's some not goodness that came out after that even beside their music um neurotica chevelle that was weird all on the second I know, stage. I know a lot of
1: people like Chevelle, but They're I've, fun, but I've never like, really liked him much. Bunch, but yeah. Just like. Yeah.
0: Anyway, so yeah, those are all like the, the revolving, everyday, hate, rotating bands. Headlining the second stage, dude. Mashuga, then Hatebreed, and down. Changes in the air. What happens the year after that? 2003. Same side stage. This is fucking where it gets really weird. I like Memento, so I gave them props. However, you got Endo. Motograder To fucking Endo. Yeah. I remember those Yeah, yeah, yeah. Depswa Unloco, Depth Grade 8, unloco. Twisted Method. Ew. Um. So you see what I'm saying? Now they were, were still really... hanging on in 2003. Yeah. So now you're really hanging on yeah. to the wire right there, right? Who's in those same slots? Kill Switch Engage, Chimera on one half, and Shadows Fall, dude. And then that's like where I remember just doing that. It was like, okay, whatever. I'm just here to wait through these bands to get to Kill Switch, dude. I remember Howard coming out. First thing, I remember them doing their own gear. I'd never seen that before. I was like, whoa, they're doing their own gear. That's so cool. And um, Adam D is uh, warming up to Arch Enemy. What's the fucking song? uh, Ravenous. Ravenous. Yes, thank you. And um, and I just remember they get right into um, Numbered Days, dude. So, if you've been to anything down at Chula Vista in the uh whatever it's called I I don't even remember if it's it's Sleep Train last I remember, but the amphitheater in Chula Vista, they did the second stage in where a parking lot would be. And so it's like right in the middle of this valley. And I remember, you know, they do da 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 da, 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 da. and just the whole fucking crowd does the time approaches to where it, em- it echoes through the valley and you're like <laughs> this like right here this is the sound of this is the literal winds of change, dude. This is you know what I mean. So, just those yeah. handful of bands, the revolving bands in 2004, then become Darkest Hour, throw or throw down, God forbid, unearth every time I die, bleeding through, lacuna coil, a tray, you dude overnight not overnight but you know the next year just fucking i think the
1: two things the two things that killed new metal obviously was well one of them itself itself yeah Yeah. but i mean another thing that killed the kill killed new metal was metalcore and Mm -hmm. guitar hero
0: yeah yeah for sure
1: you know they this was the era of you know we're, not only are we not going to play guitar solos, we're also going to talk shit about guitar solos. And top that all off, we're all going to act like we're so much better than anyone that plays a guitar solo. Yeah. Which, that's the part that got me. You don't want to play a guitar solo, that's fine. I fully agree. that you know Not every song needs one. You also want to talk shit about him, that's fine. Maybe you know Yngwie Malmsteen. I don't know him. Maybe you know him. Maybe he isn't fucking asshole. Maybe he is a douchebag. I don't know. But when you start... Acting like you're better than someone else because you're not playing guitar solo to me that's a little bit ridiculous and yeah. and it's like all right whatever you know so actually I want to I want to run through this where are we putting there's a couple bands I want to figure out where are we putting Tool
0: Tool exists outside of new metal but it is extremely influential all those bands not maybe not all of them but most of them will cite Tool as an influence even Limp Bizkit fucking Corn to a degree uh, definitely Mudvayne uh, probably Lincoln Park, but you know most of those bands. Definitely outside, but absolutely an influence.
1: Where are you putting shit like Puddle of Mud and Stereo Mud? And
0: that's a weird gray area because there is a new metal connection, but yes. like it's not straight up new it's... metal. It's it's becoming what lovingly becomes referred to as post grunge. There's like these weird fringe, not if not hybrid kind of things well, going on. So, so here's I mean? the other one. Where are you putting Creed? That's a whole, yeah, that's a whole other thing. That's, I mean, the popular, you know, the clinical term is post grunge. See, I'm putting
1: Creed straight grunge.
0: Yeah. It's like well, they're way. a grunge band. But, like,
1: like I don't put them in new metal. I just asked because I was playing a new metal po- uh, playlist today
0: mm-hmm. on Spotify,
1: included? and Creed was in there. And I was really mm-hmm. surprised that they were in yeah. there because I was
0: like, wait a minute. The only thing I can think is maybe the commercialized production values post Lincoln Park. Because, again, like, once Lincoln Park became a thing, like all the rough edges, the Ross Robinsonisms, fucking out the window, dude. And then it became super slick production. Let's talk about the evolution. Oh, anyways, going back real quick, butt rock. That's what I meant to say.
1: Um, okay. Well, what? First, tell me what you're talking about with butt rock, because Creed, Creed, and like and the, see, the for Nickelback me, but, and all for that. For me, shit. everything I know that's called butt rock is glam. That's what oh, every. Really? Oh, dude! No, well, you want to know what it is? What it is now? We'll kids consider butt rock now? Of mice and men architects. That's I've been seeing it all over the place. Weird. So butt rock is something different depending on your age.
0: That's one of those. Okay. Yeah. Anyways, my era, it's it's Creed and all. The, it's it's the Yarlers is what they call them. You know what I mean? Fucking my own prison, like that shit. You know what I mean? Like. Kay. Um, anyways. So when the change starts happening, let's just start... Okay, Lump Biscuit kept doing what they were doing, even in 2003 with that one album. We'll get to that, to mixed results. Deftones definitely starts shying away and just becoming their own lane. Alternative, extremely alternative. Frank Delgado goes from being the DJ to the keyboard player. Slipknot starts decreasing the amount of rapping and um, use of their DJ. Incubus, dude. That three-album run, forget the first one, Fungus Among Us, would you be down for an Incubus episode? I'm down for it. Just that second half of the career is where I get tricky. I've never – I haven't heard New Incubus in f- yeah, forever. Me, I me think neither. the newest thing I've heard of theirs is, like, Drive. Uh, it'd be I don't either. think I've heard anything It's, after it's that. the one after that, is, after that is where I stop. But they go from – they get put in the new metal camp because they're doing the – Freaky again, new metal. It's all about freakiness, you know, the the dreads and all that. That's what separates a lot of the pact. And he had some crazy fucking dreads and the slap bass and the. It was very eclectic. Album after that, Make Yourself opens up a whole new audience because they become more streamlined and it's more about the melody and like they're not as, you know, clickety clackety. Like even the hip hop influence they do have, they do in a completely different way. And then after that, I remember I, I cite these magazines I was reading a lot at the time in 2001 they put out Morning View, which is when they go full alternative. They say, because they were put in that new metal camp, and it's just like, not only is there not a lot of rap in our metal, there's not a lot of metal in our metal anymore either. And I mean, fucking after that, forget it, dude. And we'll explore that further on a, on a Incubus episode, because I would like to do that, but again, I don't know the second half of their career at all. And that's actually, I say second half, it's, it's the majority of their career now. But you got all these bands either sticking to it, or shying away trying something new there was the whole thing papa roach if you think about fucking just the sheer album sales some of these bands were doing dude corn had multi-platinum albums so did lincoln or excuse me limp biscuit lincoln park is one of the few bands to have as many fucking records that they sold as they did the uh what is it hybrid theory is the biggest selling album of this millennium papa roach doing huge numbers Crazy Town doing huge, huge numbers because Off of... Off of
1: literally one yeah. song.
0: Yeah, that's the only song that's that like That's a sample from
1: a Red Hot Chili Peppers yeah. instrumental. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it was featured in a pretty funny movie.
0: What, um, OC? Or not o- OC. Yeah, Orange is, County. Movie just called? I okay. was literally
1: just listening to it while I was in Orange County yeah. today and I was laughing about yeah,
0: it. Yeah, so OC is the TV show, Orange County is the movie. Got yeah. it. And um, after that, dude, second album by Papa Roach. Doesn't sell fucking nearly any as much. And they only rap a little. Granted they had a complete. Well, right after in their that career. they went
1: like full fucking emo. Like it was like, oh, I see what you're doing. I mean yeah, to yeah. me it was like talk about posers. Yeah,
0: yeah. And I guess they've done well for themselves afterwards a good on them. But Crazy Town, dude. Crazy Town Dismal after that second album, dude. They um they play Soda Bar here now whenever they play. And it's I think it's only the one guy. Just like well, yeah, but I shit mean, they changed, don't even think man. they
1: had another fucking charter, dude. Like it was no. just the one song.
0: Yeah, um, but
1: shit it's, changed when, rapidly when they cha- when they put that song out. It was the perfect time to put that song out.
0: Yeah, no, had it that really song was. come
1: out in '94, I don't think anybody would have cared.
0: They played that at um, UsFest. Imagine how that went over. Oh, okay, I bet they I not mean, that.
1: They probably have to play that everywhere they fucking go. Yeah. In fact, I bet most people would be cool with them just playing that song three times and leaving.
0: Yeah. Alien Ant Farm definitely. Same has with to smooth, play, yeah, uh, the smooth, smooth Criminal, Criminal yeah. dude.
1: Like the same kind of fucking thing. Like.
0: That's the other thing, dude. Was how many big new metal songs were just the covers, man? So there
1: was there was a lot. The covers have always been a big thing in every genre, but I mean, it was different for new metal because now a lot of us were older, old enough. To know what the cover songs were, mm-hmm. right? So when Judas Priest is covering Green Manalishi, I didn't even know what the fucking that was. I didn't even know it was a fucking cover. Mm-hmm. When Slayer's covering Dissident Aggressor or Testament's covering Nobody's Fault by Aerosmith, I didn't know those original fucking songs. But you know, when Cole Chambers doing Shock the Shock Monkey, the monkey yeah. right? With Ozzy. I mean, they're 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 doing shock the monkey they're doing you know the roof the roof yeah, the yeah. roof is all fu-. like they're doing stuff like that corn's doing fucking earache my eye which i mean fuck dude forget about it. cheech and chong like fuck yeah dude and, like uh Col- before, before that yeah faith you know, the was big, the big one the big one dude i yeah. mean another guy we didn't mention that could probably go into this category as well as far as uh, i mean i wouldn't consider it new metal but I also think it's too metal to be alternative metal. But I mean, Marilyn Manson, Mm -hmm. you know, when, when they dropped Sweet Dreams, I mean, it was, that was a huge, that was a huge thing.
0: And uh, later on, Personal Jesus. Yeah, you had
1: Nonpoint doing fucking In the Air Tonight by Phil Collins. You had, I'm trying to think if like. I don't think head PE like, or spine shank. I don't think either one of them really did cover Static X. Did a pretty sweet uh, "Burning Inside" by Ministry.
0: Yeah, that was. And
1: they also did behind. Was it behind the wall? of Sleep by. Black yeah, Zavid? for
0: Nativity and Black. But
1: then, but then they had. Yeah, that was the other thing. You had all the Nativ- Nativity and Black album. Uh, mm-hmm. Both of them, you know. So where are you putting Godsmack?
0: See, like it, was, they, it was a lot more clear-cut in the 90s. Because I don't think 90s. they're grungy
1: enough to be called grunge. I think they're grunge-esque. They're, see, to me, they're like one of those bands, like a new metal band, but they're, they're kind of like their shtick. Yeah, they... Is we, we have a little bit of the grunge yeah. stuff.
0: They, they have a couple feet in a different area. It definitely made <laughs> sense that they were put on those first two years I went to Ozfest in 99 and 2000. The positioning changed. A lot of those same bands kind of just shifted and like got higher on the bill in the first years I went. Um. Because Godsmack and Static X went from being pretty low tier in 99 to fucking really high. And the crazy thing about Godsmack, by the way, it occurs to me, before we get into Limp Bizkit, I need to watch that Woodstock 99 documentary. Mm -hmm. Um, Which, again, another, you know, when Woodstock 99 happened, that was kind of the beginning of...
1: Another cool cover was uh, Corn doing Wicked with Chino.
0: Yeah, which is fucking ridiculous, because the first time I saw Corn, Chino came out and did Wicked. So I was like, oh, cool! So he just tours with them. No, no, he just... Happened to be in town that night <laughs> yeah, or something. Because yeah. the first time I saw Deftones was a few months later at OzFest 99. Oh, Imagine yeah. that, dude. 99. System of a Down, Godsmack, Primus, Slayer, Deftones, Rob Zombie, Black Sabbath. When it's supposed to be Black Sabbath's last tour ever, of which, see what happens in 15 years after that. Right. But yeah, dude, and then OzFest did two years of Oz... Or, uh, excuse me, P.O.D. did two years of OzFest. P.O.D. was a fucking huge deal, too, dude. It was um, with uh, Satellite. They were a household name. Oh, yeah, man. That Youth
1: of the Nation song was was massive. But we were just, I was talking with my wife about that because, like, when I moved to San Diego, you know, that song was still getting played here and there. And people say, like, oh, like, I I was at Santana High School when that happened. And I'm mm -hmm. like, I don't even know what you're talking about. And they're like, do you not list the lyrics? I'm like, I don't, first of all, no. But second of all, like, I don't know. I don't remember there being any lyrics about, like, what happened
0: at Santana. Like, uh, my wife had to look it up. Oh, yeah, no, I was, I was not there, but I remember because we're... everybody. I remember some dude in Poway being all, uh, dude, isn't that right by you guys? No, Poway's closer to Ramona than fucking Santana. <laughs> but I mean, it's, a, but it's right down
1: the road. It's a pretty gnarly, like, fucking... Oh, mean, yeah. There's a lot of those songs. That then, was the that big one really right after Columbine, singing. dude. That, yeah. was,
0: that was the big one after that, and now it's obviously, unfortunately, way more commonplace. But that was the second big one.
1: Commonplace to the point where a lot of people don't know a lot of them.
0: yeah absolutely yeah. man it's fucking horrifying but you know, like but
1: yeah pod was i mean yeah especially they go dude the fucking here boom here comes the boom yeah, man. Like, i mean that was in so many movies you Wild. Know, and, and that's a big thing too like a lot of this stuff this is really and it's kind of always been a thing but yeah. i feel like it was more it was getting way more prevalent during this time you know new metal soundtracks you know it was that was like covers have always been a thing but they they kind of happen more like for here and and Metal in soundtracks happened more at this like time. That was, like, the
0: peak of that one, because we're talking about doing a soundtrack episode, too. Right. This is a whole different ballpark than, like, maybe, say, definitely the 80s, but, like, the early to mid-90s. It's like, I want to say the first big one that I can think of in this regard was Scream 3. Because oh yeah. that's what happened, you know, Orgy, Slipknot... Probably coal chamber, and then like what was it? The not my bloody Valentine, but I think it was just called Valentine. You know think, all the but, shitty, yeah, valentine teeny bopper horror
1: shit. Yeah, um, I know what you did last summer. Yeah,
0: was another um,
1: one. I, you know, yeah, that was a lot of those movies because. They were extreme yeah, movies, exactly you know. Right, they had yeah. the extreme fucking yeah. soundtracks, so it was like, well, yeah, it only made fucking sense. All the way you up know, to Dracula Two Thousand. Oh my god!
0: I mean, yes, but I, oh, that fucking movie, dude, awful. Oh, dude. I remember that being the first time I ever walked out of a movie theater, pissed that I sat through that. But um, maybe all the way up to one of the Saw movies, and then they just kind of stopped. But like, I remember like the last Saw movie had a Converge song and a Typo song. Back to back from one each other and i want to say it was like two discs and those days are long over i know jamie josta and some other people are really trying to make that a thing again but like horror has changed a lot since those days yeah. and so has the landscape of music you know what i yeah, mean so, for sure but like no but yeah absolutely that was another thing i'm trying to think of i'm trying to cross off all the li- things that were prevalent around the new metal era and that's definitely one of them yes uh the covers yeah dude just the the a- mtv and trl exposure like, how big those fucking videos got on TRL, like, for anybody that doesn't know, Total Request Live was a thing in the late 90s, early to maybe mid-2000s. Yeah, yeah. Carson Daly was, like, the biggest celebrity in the world for a minute, which is crazy to think.
1: Yeah, if you even know who the fuck exactly. that is. yeah, yeah, you, yeah, might, yeah he, you might not even know who the hell he, he is. He
0: hosts a game show. Like, even before that, he had his own talk show that they kept pushing the time yeah, slot back for, yeah. but, like, he was on The Voice, I think, one of those oh really i, I maybe i do one of those but dude like metal new metal was a household thing after a certain point you would not be surprised to find a fred durst or you know even a wayne static at times dude like in like a celebrity panel for something you know fred durst in um what's that fucking ben stiller movie oh my god they got pushed back because of 9-11 uh the Blue Steel Magnum fucking goofy face. Oh, he's in Zoolander? Man. Zoolander, thanks, yes. Because, like, he oh, was... Oh, he, he is was, in Zoolander, yeah, yeah. He was such a, the cultural zeitgeist. And there was the big thing about him coming out on the MTV Movie Awards and singing with um, Christina Aguilera. Yeah. And, like, Because he that.
1: mentioned her in... Or, no, um, Eminem mentioned... Yeah, and Fred Durst, Fred Durst was in the video for Fred Durst and her him. in yeah. uh, one of his songs. I yeah. can't remember which one it is. I
0: remember... No, like, that was... That, I remember Eminem was going to be on Significant Other, and like there was footage of him in the studio when MTV was doing a thing. Never happened for whatever reason. First
1: of all, for some of you, imagine I mean, imagine cable TV. Let's just try that. Yeah, yeah, that's a start. Let's just imagine TV where you don't get to choose whatever you want to watch, you have to watch what's there available. And then you imagine one of those stations that just plays music videos the whole fucking time.
0: Wild world, huh? Right.
1: So then that they have a quick news thing every hour or so, a quick ten minute thing. But they also have a request show. And that's what D'Lo's talking about with Total Request Live. But also, here's where you're looking at. At so the timeline goes like this. You got Glam, which gets killed by Grunge, which gets killed by New Metal, which gets killed by Metalcore. But right at that same time everything shifts from MTV to MySpace so here comes deathcore. Yeah, yeah. Right? But that's that's the timeline. And aside from the MySpace part, actually aside from the metalcore part too, as far as like really the popular music like metal still being not dominating but still being prevalent in the popular music really kind of ends with new metal,
0: mm-hmm. like even metalcore, for all the highs that it had, it never reached as because the MTV highs. was already
1: done playing music videos by that time. They were still they were more into TV shows for one, yeah, and for two, file sharing was already been going on. Like it, and it was it, that was probably when metalcore started. That was probably the height of fucking file sharing right yeah. there. Oh, definitely from like two thousand to two thousand four to five. Yeah, that was like the height of it, and it just kind of killed everything as far as Commercially, mm-hmm. it didn't kill anything as far as like who's going to see who live. In fact, it probably helped out a lot of fucking bands. But as far as like for the record labels and the radio stations, you know and some of that sort of, thing, yeah, that's it did kind of kill that. But I mean, there was a time where you know glam was the biggest, you know the one of the top styles of music, you know very guitar oriented. You know, grunge, same thing, very guitar oriented, and it was still. And we'll get to a grunge episode at some point. And then new metal was that same kind of level.
0: Yeah, new metal was the last. Let me let me rephrase this. The last big rock thing was MySpace emo. You know what? A lot of what most people think when they hear emo, which was actually third wave emo, but it was as much as I hate putting them in there. My Chemical Romance, Hawthorne Heights, to me was the one that epitomized it the most. Thursday, Saves the Day. Uh, brand new, all these, all these really, really big bands, and even then, that wave was nowhere near as big as new metal's height was. You know what I mean? That was the actual last biggest rock movement. You know, which is something they talk about in, um, in the banger episode. God damn it! You need to watch that before we do the limp Bizkit episode, and I need to rewatch it because <laughs> there's points I want to think about. Because Woodstock '99 again comes up a lot, but like. Yeah, it's crazy to think that was the last really big, big thing. Do you know,
1: like the. So we mentioned the features or whatever, and like, not pinnacle, but like the excitement that a lot of people had when we didn't know that that was Chino Moreno fucking rapping on Wicked with Corn.
0: Oh, for real? Interesting. Hmm.
1: Well, unless you read it in the inlay card, he doesn't really say it's him. Yeah. He just says, you know, hey, Chuck, we got whatever the fuck it is. Running mixes
0: in the headphones. I know that (laughs) shit for sure.
1: But the huge one was Corn doing the song with Limp Bizkit.
0: That was massive. All in the family.
1: Yeah, because they, they
0: would do that at uh, Family Values.
1: You know, that was that was huge, dude. Because they were two of the biggest ones. I mean, Fred Durst doing uh, "Bleed" with Soulfly was a big one as well. But like nothing was as big as Corn doing a fucking song with mm-hmm. with Limp Bizkit. I mean, that was. That was massive, dude. And I wonder. It was probably nothing that big until fucking Linkin Park did a whole fucking album with Jay-Z. Well,
0: even before that, I mean, nothing as big as the Jay-Z one, but even before that, they had the uh, the remix album that was a guest musician on every song. Right, One that's of which true. I believe was I think Jonathan Jay-Z- Davis.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, he was on there. I remember the last one on well, That's another room. new metal soundtrack, dude. The One with Jet Li, also yeah, Queen of the yeah, Damned. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Queen yeah. of the Damned was well, another one. The funny thing was. Another one is Stealth. yeah.
1: Oh, I mean, they're they're lame movies, but they're new metal soundtracks soundtrack episode,
0: dude. We're gonna get into it on that because I mean, Queen of the Damned and um, the One are very different situations. Where it's like the songs throughout the One are like very prominently featured, like centered by Drowning Pool and um, Last Resort Papa Roach, but they're all pre existing songs on albums you can already buy. It was more a promotional tool for the already existing albums, right? Whereas Queen of the Damned. We'll get into it again on the soundtrack episode, but there's like an interesting story with why Queen of the Dam turned out the way it did. Well, so I was thinking one more thing, just as far as just throwing bands out there, because I was thinking, oh yeah, who's on the Linkin Park remix album? The last one is that Crawling Song, and the special guest musician is Aaron Lewis from Stained. Now, Stained is another one that kind of walked several different worlds. And that
1: was Fred Durst's protégé was Stained. Yep. But they're another one that kind of got their foot in the door with... The new metal sound and kind of immediately changed it yeah they didn't even that second album didn't quite sound they definitely got away from a lot of the aggro stuff yeah even if their music still stayed a little bit new metal was, they, they weren't like, as aggro but they were a little more introspective and stuff i mean than some of the other fucking bands you yeah, know it's like sure. but okay so let's rattle off some of the favorite favorite vocalists from Ooh. new metal i mean I never liked Jonathan Davis.
0: He made it's like it's like corn itself. It made a lot of sense at the it time. It really
1: kind of I, that was to me that was the worst part of the band was Jonathan Davis. Same with Lynn Biscuit. Fred Durst was the worst part of worst part of that. So yeah. it was kind of a I, I wasn't so into dudes like that. But Lejean good. Witherspoon. But yeah,
0: dude, that's that's up would there be for a sure. favorite of mine. Yeah, um, Corey. I
1: I, I wouldn't say Corey Taylor's a favorite. I mean, for me. He's very good. Like, yeah, he's very good. I think another favorite, also, like I said, MCUD Jared from Head PE. Like, I mean, the first two albums, I I really didn't fuck with anything after that. I I heard the third album was, that's where they kind of lost me. I was like, well, whatever. And I haven't, honestly, have not listened to a Head PE album (laughs) since then, dude. I really don't Mm -hmm. have any desire to. But I mean, those, you know, um, I really loved that one Primer fi- Primer Fifty Five album. Mm. The second one I didn't like very much, but there wasn't a whole lot of the guys. Like I mean, it was a big Surge guy. Like yeah. were you ever that big on like Surge? Probably
0: all these. I mean, things I like a saying- lot of
1: System of a Down, but it was never really like.
0: I probably liked them a lot more when I was 14, which could be said about a lot about this stuff. Well, sure. So let me ask you this, even. What what are some of the bands from that era that you still actually listen to? Flipknot and 7Dust are the ones that immediately come to mind for me. And so I listened to dicey. the first
1: two 7Dust albums a lot, and I've, I've been meaning to go full bore and like, listen to all 7Dust oh, catalogs.
0: that'll be a fun episode. But
1: I, I really, only, really love the first album. And then... And I've only ever heard the first, I think, two. Well, I think I heard part of the third album, but, you know, whatever. Um, I don't really listen to Slipknot regularly. I think probably the new metal band I listen to the most often is Head P.E. Head P.E. and Spine Shank, specifically The Height of Callousness. Yeah. I love that album, dude. I don't like the first Spine Shake album much. It's all right, but it's yeah. kind of boring. It's it sounds lifeless. It's not a very good production. I that second I album, man. Like they've got some fury behind what they're doing. There's a sense of urgency in the music and a nice pace to a lot of those songs and and uh, another cool soundtrack, 3000 Miles to Graceland. Uh, fucking yeah. Kurt Russell rules. That's so then That so
0: fucking bad though.
1: <laughs> it is. But yeah, I I mean, there's not a there's not cuz I've never so I liked Corn when I first heard them. By the time the second album came out, I was kind of over it. I had two friends, and maybe this should be saved for Corn episode. But I had two friends that would just listen to Corn constantly.
0: Oh yeah, no, I I did. And too. I mean
1: legit constantly. Yeah, like I that's know. all they wanted to. Live this all. And I would if I if you were in my buddy Waylon's car. The fucking Korn's first album was on was in the CD player. We we just never took it out. And then we got the second fucking CD. I think I may have said this just recently on a fucking episode, so tough shit. But the second album came out, and I'm like, fucking sweet, man. I don't have to listen to the fucking, you know, the first album. It's like, no, now I just listen to the first two over and over and over again. And it wasn't until Slipknot came out when all of a sudden it was like, boom, here, now we got to listen to Slipknot fucking constantly. So, but I was never, I never thought, like, Korn was like, the shit in fact none of those bands were like my shit pantera wasn't my shit when they were out like <laughs> i'm trying to think of what was my shit at that time and the only thing i could really think of that i listened to a lot at the time that i wasn't just putting on but okay i really loved deftones but well okay no i liked deftones i didn't really love them yet but I really—they were one of my favorites from there. And now that I'm thinking about it, they're definitely the one I listen to the most. There you go. So that—I mean—easily, they're the one I listen to the most. They what? also
0: translate from that era in a way that a lot of those bands don't, because they have so much more crossover appeal. Oh yeah, you know for I mean? sure.
1: What about you? Like, I mean, a Slipknot aside, do you still listen to like? Do you like Rock Lincoln Park or anything? Like, were they a big? Were they big to you? Because this is, like, more your age, like.
0: Right? It is, it is. So that's that's the other thing, too. I'll start by saying, um, like, I was, again, I was the right age for all of this to be happening, dude. I was 14, which is arguably the best possible age when Significant Other by Limp Bizkit came out. You know what I mean? I was I was in the prime area for all that stuff. Oh, yeah. And, again, when I was, like, getting really serious about because I had always liked rock and metal up to, you know, to that point. But I was getting, like, really into it from 13 onward. So, but I was getting into like everything all at once, and new metal was just the thing that happened to be booming at that time. So, I came up alongside with all that. But I was getting into Slayer, Pantera, even all the way back to Black Sabbath and all these other bands. It was all part of the learning experience to me. It wasn't, there was nothing exclusive about it or exclusive about anything. So, to have all these bands playing with Black Sabbath and all that made a lot of sense. Even Summer Sanitarium with. When I saw it, it was Corn and Kid Rock and System of a Down and Power Man 5000 at the time. You know what I mean? That all made sense. I didn't see the second one, but I know it was Metallica, Deftones, Limp Bizkit, Linkin Park, and one other band that I can't remember right now. But, like, you know what I mean? It all made sense around that time. Now, going back to Corn, because, again, it all comes back around to Corn. It's interesting to see how much they've evolved since then, because, like, they never sounded like the first two albums. After that, even like looking back now, it's like, oh yeah, all of the leader was a, a departure, you know. And then forget about after that with, um, yeah, issues. And then you know what's interesting is I always hear from the UK specifically their favorite album is or uh, whatever the one after that is with um, the video directed by the Hughes Brothers. I can't remember the name of whatever the fifth Corn album is. Everybody in the I don't UK, know any
1: of their shit after issues. Yeah,
0: well, so that that's their thing is like I know they have some song called "Twisted Transistor." Yeah, that's that's a few albums after that. And, and then they like, have
1: some song called "Y'all Want a Single." Yeah, I. Th- and then that's like it. That's yeah, all yeah. That's really kind of where
0: my general knowledge because it's like I, I on paper I still like Corn. I'll still buy the albums, and I just stopped after a certain. I had every Corn album up to a certain point just out of habit, almost. You know what I mean?
1: That's why I bought them was yeah. just. It, it was just, like, oh, it was just kind of a habit. Yeah. But, I mean, it's not that I didn't like them. Yeah, me I I just didn't think they were like the best band. But I'm like, yeah, I'm trying to think of what was my shit at the time. It was like, well, you like know, Crowbar was. Yeah. Crowbar, Life of Agony, Typo Negative. QIL, like, too. Uh, um, fight.
0: I needed. Was another
1: fight. one. I mean, there was a lot of that stuff that was kind of like my shit at the time. You know, obviously Slayer was still one of my favorites at the time. And then. You know, Morbid Angel, Morbid Angel and Cannibal Corpse, mm-hmm. Death. I mean, that was all stuff that I was still listening to at that time.
0: Yeah. Well, so I liked all of that stuff too. But again, because New Metal was the big thing and I was the age for it, it like I still liked a lot of it. Then I'm not so hot on Limp Biscuit. Okay, maybe maybe these Papa Roach and Crazy Town CDs were a mistake. You know what I mean? I start shedding things. As well, time yeah, my on. thing was
1: like, I mean, I listened to it because it was the new fucking thing. So it's like, all right, cool. Like I'll listen yeah. to this new stuff. But I mean, what I should have, if I had access to it, man. You know what else is going on at the same time is a whole different topic. But I mean, in, dude, In Flames is going on at this same fucking time. Oh yeah, no that
0: yeah. You know, and it's
1: it's you know, In Flames and Soil Worker are, are happening, and and mm-hmm. we just know like for me. We I just never knew they existed. Yeah, no, exactly, you know? dude. It was it's like, like it's like um um you know, all the black metal stuff. I mean, Dimmu Borgir, dude. Fucking Cradle of Filth is happening right now. Like, yeah. Amon Marth is actually happening. I think if if I remember Early right, like, towards the yeah. end, to, to the to the towards the end of this, uh, you know, and it's, like, all this stuff in Europe is happening. Mm-hmm. And I had no idea that any of that shit even existed.
0: It crept into the collective... Con- I mean, unless you were, like, right there or unless you were, like, here. You know, all, all that shit came on import for years. We didn't even have it, really, for until, like... Right. To
1: me, that's... Off. The people here that were listening to that stuff, that were, like, super... We're the dudes that, like, really fucking hated this stuff. Well, yeah, like, so, to like... to the point where they're, like, we're, I'm not listening to it, but I want to... I want to know what's new. I'm, I don't want to yeah. listen to old Cannibal Corpse yeah. record or whatever... You know, so they were actually going beyond for seeking I only knew like a couple places to find new music. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh also, no, same. I mean, at the time it was like, uh the radio, now, MTV.
0: Anything will catch fucking fire instantly. <laughs> like it took some delving for some of these things. But I'm just thinking back to like at least my perception, it's like people unless you just immediately heard Korn and were like, Nope, not for me, which I could see being the case. Or even some of the more more you know, alternative metal bands. Just, like, you could probably, like, I could see dudes, like, tolerating the first few Corn albums, and even maybe Limp Bizkit at first, and then, again, right when Significant Other happens, just like, nope, fucking, I'm a true metal guy or whatever, right? Oh, yeah. And then if not that, certainly Limp Bizkit, or excuse me, Linkin Park, and then, like, you know, again, that's when I think part of why that first, not first, it was, but, you know, the, the real meat of the second wave of metalcore when the swedish influence bands popped off specifically kill switch and then shadows fall and then the dominoes fall from there but you know what i mean it's because they had that style of guitar playing back that had been in, absent for so long in the collective consciousness and um and kind of going from there because i know a lot of people dropped off aggressive music as soon as that's what became the new thing It was just like well it doesn't have what i like about new metal and even alternative metal so i'm done uh, you talk to a lot of people that are like that. A lot of people didn't go forward with where things went from there. And even then, after that, it's like, now we got guitar solos and, and you know more technical playing back. But now it's like, well, I don't like these singing elements that bands like uh, Killswitch have. That's not good enough for me. So then you get the three-thrash era, which eschews all the things that made bands like Killswitch and Shadows Fall unique, and you just got these, in my opinion rehash kind of clones of what already came 30 years before so it's all it's a weird cycle you know what i mean so let's look to the future now new metal is an interesting proposition because again for a lot of people that were there it's just a bad word and they don't want anything to do with it now however you got a lot of people that grew up on that now you know what i mean that they don't that never even occurred to them it's just what they grew up on they don't give a shit it's like back in the day with pop punk dude forget it dude when I was in high school you couldn't like Blink One Eighty Two and Hate breed. Now twenty some odd years later, it's a like A Day to
1: Remember exists. I was just
0: gonna say a day to remember, <laughs> but like even before that, there like, was like kids that grew up on both going, Oh, I didn't know there was a separation. We just grew up liking like we yeah. like. You know what I mean? There's the stigma only exists with people after a certain age.
1: Well now you've got this you've got this stuff as a like new metal core.
0: Yeah, new metal core. But even
1: prior to that, I mean you had groups like Attila, you had groups like Amir that had a lot of new metal style going on long before this stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, you, you had a lot of that stuff, but I mean, yeah, new metal core
0: issues, ice nine kills, um, shit, dude, even Islander, Kane you Hill.
1: Go, you go like even heavier than that. You're going in, you're getting into like brand of sacrifice. Was it straight from the path or obey the, but there was like another, like that kind of band, that was a little more on the hardcore side, but they had a lot of fucking like rappy style. Stray stuff. is
0: very rappy, but that all comes from rage, you know, rather but, than corn or whatever.
1: But again, like that's anytime you're rapping with distorted guitars, to me, that's playing like those those real percussive style. Like you're playing more beats than you are melodies. That's new metal shit right there. I mean, to some degree, dude. Spirit Box. Has oh, a lot yeah. of new metal for sure style in there. Um, Suicide Silence always since, had it. Well, yeah, they covered fucking Engine Number no. Nine by mm-hmm. Deftones. You know, Whitechapel has had Chino on two songs.
0: Um, uh, at least one sure song. I know they had a
1: least on one song, they were another one that was because you know, they're that age, like that's what they grew up listening to, you know. And you know, Suicide Silence had uh, Jonathan Davis on a song, mm-hmm. and, you know, so they were very open about. You know, new metal influence and stuff, and yeah. to the point, yeah, they've hired Ross Robinson, you know, but it's not just a new metal revival, I mean you're getting a new metal core where now it's like metal core being mixed with new metal, you know, Definitely, with the two yeah. things that kind of like took you know took each other out now all of a sudden are being mixed together, yeah. and it's it's a pretty interesting take on a lot of this stuff
0: it's like when black metal's whole thing was anti death metal and then Black and Death Metal yeah, bands. Like in their Belphegor. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, but yeah. But even ex- aside from that, now you got the actual new metal revival with bands like Tala, who's the. Um, it's Mike Portnoy's kid. I don't even know if he's the drummer in the band, but it's Mike Portnoy's kids' band, Tala, right now. Hmm. And then the other one, who I actually still have to check out, but I, I saw an interview with one of the people in the band and I like what she had to say. was just like, we didn't care about the stigma against new metal. We outright like it. it is um Tetrarch or something like that. Hold on, they they got a bit of a push behind them right now. Tetrarch. yeah, T-E-T-R-A-R-C-H. Hmm. I don't know why that's so hard, but
1: I don't think I've heard that one either. Yeah,
0: we're gonna even if it's not obviously, like there's been a, a glam resurgence and it was like yeah some of those bands do well like Steel Panther and all that, but it's nothing like it was in the '80s. Whatever. You know, resurgence there is with new metal. It'll be nothing like it was in the late 90s, early 2000s, and nor should it be. It should be its own thing. You know what I mean? Um, well,
1: no music's going to sell like that anymore. Yeah. Like, it's just not going to happen. People aren't buying physical music like that. No. So n- nothing like that. So now you can revive whatever you want. It's yeah. it's awesome. Like, And, you know, same thing. It's like cream rises to the top. It really depends on how far you're willing to go. The difference is you don't have to hear all those watered down bands on mtv or the radio you can listen to them on spotify if that band's not that good take them out the playlist you know make your own playlist of the good shit and you're you're good to go man you know there's there's a lot of like revivals so what what like what guitar players stand out to you from like new metal era I mean, I honestly couldn't even tell you the fucking names of whoever Lincoln Park's guitar player. or. Gu- I don't even know if there's two guitar players.
0: There's one. Uh, Mike, Shinoda, one? Mike Shinoda occasionally plays guitar, but I can't remember the – I like, used I don't to even know all those guys' I, names.
1: I think it's only the two the two dudes like that, I, that I've ever known, but I mean – I've I've never been a big Borland fan. I always kind of thought he was the you know one of the weak links. I always thought him and Fred Durst were the weak, I, weak link I like in that band.
0: Was Borland enough for what? You know, if but
1: I do you like know. I did like um, I really liked what Head and Monkey do. Like they were really cool. They played cool stuff. You know it it not only sounded cool. You know because they they use the you know the right, quote unquote right effects. The stuff that they do where they put the stuff to was like really fucking cool sounding. Yeah, for sure. You know, and I mean and then those big heavy fucking choruses, you know, like I mean those fucking low ass guitars were like oh yeah just they awesome and then um,
0: revolutionized things going forward, man. As far as I, I actually
1: don't remember. I think one of the head P guys is something Westside. West His name was West, but it was you know, Westside. It like, would have been whoever
0: it was at the time because it's uh, all hired guns now, you know.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, they, 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 that's that's another reason why I stopped. I kind of didn't follow them. Was like a bunch of those dudes weren't even in the band anymore. So mm-hmm. it's like, oh well, whatever. But aside from that, I mean, I've I've never really been a huge fan of Malachian. there's a lot of times what he's playing with the tone that he has just. It's, like, fucking nails on a chalkboard to me. Yeah, I feel that. And I've never really been real huge on Seven Dust's, like, guitar players.
0: They're good for what they do, but now you're uh, you're bringing up an interesting point for a... But,
1: like, Wayne Static, too. Yeah. uh, Again, like, it's not... You like the riffs, but it's not anything where it's, like, oh, man, like, this dude's, like, really... You know, um, for a,
0: a style of music that's so guitar centric as metal itself, you're talking about an era where it's arguably least about the guitar. You know, right? I mean? it's, it's, it's very
1: rhythm. It's rhythmic yeah. centric. It, it, you know, it's it's beat centric and rhythmic centric And and to be honest with you, like most guitar players, I I gotta fucking read something from the Wikipedia on this shit, This shit cracked me the fuck up. New metal rarely features guitar solos or other displays of technical competence. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's another thing too, dude. Is when I was a kid learning fuck to play is guitar, that, dude. When I was a kid learning to play like guitar, I was does, stoked because it like doesn't mean you can't fucking play. Like yeah, get yeah. the fuck out of here. It's a totally different style. It's yeah, it's a style thing. But also, like when I was a kid learning to play guitar, I was like, oh, I can do this. You know what I mean? Like, it's a great learning um, guitar thing, and it also. Teaches you about alternative guitar tunings and stuff. Like there's stuff to be gained from it. I mean, again, if you look, if you go looking for some things that um, it
1: teaches you interplay instead of just playing the same fucking thing the other guitar player's doing. It's getting both of you to do two different things at two separate times to make one fucking thing. That there's not a lot of bands that fucking do that. And and the thing is, like, a lot of these bands did do that. Now there's a, there's probably more of these bands that didn't do that. Drowning Pool didn't do shit like that. Soil didn't do stuff like that. Seven Dust, for the most part, didn't really do anything like that. You know, System of a Down is just a one guitar player, so he could pretty much do whatever the fuck he wants to do. But, I mean, as far as even, like, because, I mean, Corn still had some pretty cool riffs, you know what I mean? Like, and Limp Bizkit didn't really have a lot of that. Mm-hmm. Um, Soulfly, you know, had some really cool fucking, you know, riffs, but also, again, like, it's nothing all that cool great i mean it's um again it's 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 all rhythm stuff you know and and some of you know like some of it's heavier some of it's not so heavy like deftones i mean St- Stephen carpenter like on one hand he does a lot of cool shit but on the other hand he also does a lot of shit that's annoying as fuck like I, i'm just oh you know. but that happens a lot when you use effects like it might i, I might like the way that effect sounds but you might listen to it's like nails on a chalkboard, like you know you might be like ah fuck, like that shit sounds fucked, you know, like so. Any uh, standout drummers to you? I mean,
0: immediately comes to mind. Rest in peace, Joey Jordanson. But again, he was adding so many different styles in there that it wasn't just like completely new metal. And again, he grew out of that over time. So
1: oh yeah, well, this could be a. Rip Jordison yeah. episode. And going too. back to
0: the guitars, man, you know, as much as I love Slipknot, they were not as interesting components as some of the other things going on. Uh, other than that, drummers, I tell you what, man, everybody always talks about how much of a better drummer the current corn guy is. And I have seen videos that of What's him his name. Doing Ray stuff. Luzier? That's it. Thank you. I was having trouble. But like, I liked David Silvera when I was a kid. You know what I mean? Like, he, it was that style of playing that made. Oh, it was a big thing about what made the sound what it was, you know? Having said that, I wonder if it was more just I like the drum sound on those first two records because it changes for the rest of the records he's on, right?
1: Yeah, I, I, I've I always thought he was pretty cool, but for me, for me, really, like honestly, the standout in Korn was kind of like Fieldy's bass. Yeah, like yep, it. Yep. Yep. It sounded really cool, but I think a lot of the reason why it sounded so cool was because of what he was doing with Silvera, you know. So you had, in a sense, two of my two of my favorite dr- you know drummers in the thing. Also have two of my favorite bass players. So Rivers and Otto, like they they worked really well. Now I don't. I think is Sam Rivers the bass player mm-hmm. and Joel Otto is the is
0: it Joel Otto? Yeah, no. John Otto? Yeah, and they're cousins.
1: He has more of like a traditional tone. It's not as clanky. Yes. You know? Yeah.
0: Nobody um, was as clanky as Fieldy. Like, no,
1: like Fieldy is hard to tell exactly what he's doing, which is why it works so well with what Silvera's doing, where, yeah. where Rivers is like really interesting what he's doing. It's yeah. really cool to hear what he's doing.
0: Because I know John Otto came from a jazz background. I wonder if Sam Rivers does, too. Because if you think of, like, the bass runs on uh, Counterfeit in the Yeah, Verses, dude, you know like, I mean? I mean,
1: it's he's a really fucking cool bass player. And then, obviously, fucking, you know, Abe Cunningham, dude, from Deftones. You know, it you know, was, was huge to me.
0: The rhythm section from Mudvayne, too. Oh, Especially yeah, Ryan yeah. Martini on bass, dude. Yeah. Because I mean, you want to talk about the you know he got the job bird done, but to the, the dang yeah So he got the job done but the weakest link in the chain was the guitar player yes. in yeah he got the job done but like just to have like to think that it's like lead bass going over rhythm guitar you know what i mean like right that's something right like, that's, you
1: know it was totally like a different fucking thing and then and, and that was and that's the thing like there's people want to knock guitar players for for playing that fucking style dude but i let me tell you something man like it's, it's the difference between having a bass player and just having your guitar player play the bass guitar. Mm-hmm. Okay? If your guitar player is going to play the bass guitar, chances are, it's, there's rare instances where it's not, but most of the time, it's boring. He just doubles the fucking guitar. It's a more of a mentality than a technical prowess. Like, that's the thing. When you're playing non-riffy music, and you're one, you're trying to fill up space, a la a bass player... Two, you're not the focus point, a la bass player. It's a totally, it's the same as being a bass player. It's a, it's a mentality. It's not technical prowess. Those dudes from fucking Corn can play, dude. They can legit fucking play. Listen to the fucking demo of Blind, dude. Like, there's solos on it. Listen to them do the fucking one cover, dude, from Metallica. I mean, mm-hmm. they can fucking play, man.
0: Oh, did you know the, you know, the whole head story? was the one
1: that told the head was not he, head was the one that told me he yeah. didn't tell me shit. He fucking told My an interviewer friend. shit. The interviewer told yeah. me basically just, just because, because you, you don't know, doesn't, doesn't, mean, doesn't mean you can't.
0: Yeah, because that was the whole thing. But part of the deal with them playing that one cover was because they got the oh they can't play solos because yeah. they just never played. And it was like never said we couldn't look. You know what I mean? Yeah.
1: Like we just don't like yeah. it's you know we just don't have them in our songs. But I mean you know yeah we absolutely can you know like so it's it's like yeah I mean. A lot of guys do knock these guys for, you know, whatever. And it's like, I don't, I guess I, to me, knock the song in general or the, or the music period of the entire band in general. And if you're going to knock it, you knock it with, I don't like it or fuck even say they all suck. But to sit there and say like, oh, well, this guitar player, you know, it's like, well, you don't really, you only know what he's playing on the song. You don't know what he can actually play. Mm -hmm. So he may not fucking totally suck, but I mean, I'm sure some of them aren't that great, but whatever. Not everybody's as proficient as everybody else. Yeah. You know, so, and, you know, not all of us are playing fucking tech death either. So it's like, calm down.
0: Since we got through all the other instruments, any particular DJ stand out to you?
1: The only one I really thought, like, did mostly, like, interesting stuff was... DJ Han, well, and and the dude from fucking uh, Incubus.
0: Uh, which one? There's <laughs> been two. Oh, really? Yeah. So it depends on what album you're talking.
1: Like the early album, like um. Science. The one with pardon me on it.
0: Oh, make yourself. So it's been that guy since. It's, it's oh okay. That was his first album. Well, actually, Chris was Gilmore. that the
1: one with that Battlestar Scratch Lactica? Yeah. So that DJ.
0: Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yo, that dude was really cool. I, I always liked DJ Lethal with all the stuff he did with um, House of Pain. I know I think he did stuff with Cypress Hill as well. Maybe. But I just thought the stuff that he did with um, Limp Biscuit wasn't. You know, maybe
0: they had him. He gets kind of washed out at times. I don't even think he was actually like an you official know, he, part of the band in the first album. Like, he might have just no, been legally no, he, featured. He doesn't
1: do a whole lot. Like, it, he does stuff, but not a whole lot. It, it's like it's like Sid, dude. Like either Sid is the focal part, fo- focal point of part of the song, like purity, mm-hmm. or he's almost, almost like he's not there.
0: Yeah. You yeah, know? So yeah.
1: that's kind of how lethal was. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I'll tell you my all time favorite. And that's because the dude is all over the fucking first two albums. And that's fucking DJ product
0: mm-hmm. from fucking hippie. And he's not even in the band anymore. No, he hasn't been in the band, for, in the band for. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But I mean, that dude was, he was awesome, man. Like, There was a,
0: whoever, and I don't
1: know if there was a guy in the band. I mean, because a lot of those guys, I mean, they just kind of had them, they had like scratches and whatnot on the albums, but it's not like they really had the DJ. So they may have just hired up, you know, the producer hires a DJ to come in for the night, you know, or or the day and lay down some DJ stuff. And then they kind of go on their way or whatever, um, like a session DJ. But, you know, Primer 55 had some decent, you know, scratching on the uh, introduction to Mayhem. Ooh, another one nothing face that we didn't really say like yeah. they were kind of cool in, in the sense they were like a little more more on the metal side yeah. than anything else uh lots of screaming and it was the scream sing thing almost like fear factory and almost like the metal core style because they did it kind of different than corn corn was kind of like soft stuff during the verses and then well, big hard. on the choruses and nothing faces the opposite. Yeah. Yeah. All the screaming on the fucking choruses. We kind of neglected, the, I, we know.
0: should have talked about it a while back was the loud quiet dynamic, which was a big part of new metal too. Oh
1: yeah. Well, so that's the other thing too. Like, you know, our buddy Brett said like, you know, build up and release, right? Like, and, and which is essentially a breakdown. That's pretty much what a breakdown is. And, and new metal had a lot of that. Mm-hmm. They actually had quite, there was quite a few of these bands that had, breakdowns in there i mean they they're different than what a lot of people consider breakdowns nowadays but for some reason i it's really strange a lot of people i've noticed a lot of people within the last 10 years or so all kind of think that a breakdown is just this one thing
0: yeah yeah
1: and it's actually not
0: so like parkway dude because we got to redo a parkway episode but i remember everybody up in arms oh they don't play breakdowns anymore yeah they do they just don't do them like they used to you know what i mean like it's still there,
1: um, you know. But I mean, you know, Claudio, shit,
0: turn around, yeah, your man. Wings, split, your yeah, wings, yeah. shit, and then the
1: Claudio, shit. Corn yeah. was like their first album. That's almost all it is. Mm-hmm. Is build up, breakdown, build up, breakdown, build up, breakdown. Yeah. Like it, that's I mean, why it's
0: the blueprint, you know.
1: Right. That's I mean, it's pretty much most of their al- that album, you know. Like so, yeah. There's there's that dynamic. Obviously, the bass drum, you know, and then just that everything's beat oriented you know less less riffy and that's not entirely true but like i said there are other there's there's levels to this shit you know it's not like oh none of it was like that no man like you know seven Dust has a lot of fucking riffs man they're they're another one that's really much much more closer to just a regular metal band you know, a lot closer. They just they um they just had a few different things, you know. And and they they're another one that doesn't too. play. Yeah, they don't play a lot of them in the first album. But I mean, they're there. They had a little bit of the electronic element in the first album. Not so much on the second album. I think it was kind of gone on the third album. But I'm trying to think if there's any other. You know, I mean, because like bass players, there was a, That's another thing. This was kind of a cool era for like bass players. You mm-hmm. know, it was it was kind of a. Because even concurrently, not necessarily in new metal, but at the same time, I mean, you had Tool that was huge, you know, and you had you know Justin Chancellor. You have guys like Sam Rivers, Fieldy, you know, clunking around, dude. You know, you had is it Shavo?
0: Yeah, from System. Yeah, yeah.
1: he's. I mean, he has some really cool fucking bass stuff that he's doing in a lot of the fucking <laughs> songs, you know.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, dude,
1: he's he's you know he's got a lot of cool stuff, and for the most part. Even if you're not doing something incredible, the dude, dude, the dude from Taproot, the bass player and the guitar player, both, because the, the guitar player does a lot of the the tapping and whatnot with yeah. the clean guitar. So there's a lot of that stuff almost sounds like a bass guitar in the album. Then you watch them live and you're like, oh, shit, this is the guitar yeah. player and the bass player's playing something that's off from that. And it's a really cool, but it's a really weird sound. Even if you weren't something, doing something spectacular, not only were you kind of part of the focal point but you could also hear the bass players in like almost all of these bands.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, it's like, "Oh, let's give the bass some love." Which that kind of sucks for the guitar tone lovers because the guitar tones at times suffer. Yeah. I think the one that doesn't is Korn. Their their guitars are heavy as fuck, but I also think that's why I feel these bass sounds the way it sounds. You got to make room for you got to make room for everything. So it's you
0: know? like if I'm coming away with anything today, amongst other things, it's not about the individual player for the most part. It's about the band and the song as a whole, which it's is
1: more, kinda cool. To me, it's more about the rhythm of that of that song. You know, it's 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 the beat and the rhythm of the song. I wouldn't say it's about the groove because like I've said before, everything's got groove. But the beat and the rhythm, it's like it's remember how we said like for a while that there's music that was made to specifically make you jump? Mm-hmm. That's kind of how this is. It's it's specifically meant to you know nod your head. Because this was also the time where, you know, we're not headbangers, we're head bobbers, right? That yeah, that yeah, was kind yeah. of the thing at the time. Sure. And it's like this is music that is like specifically geared to get you to bob your head at a, at a specific time in a specific time and for the most part most of these bands are all very 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 good at doing that i mean they may not be great at some other things like you know oh maybe they're guitar player maybe they're singer ain't that great maybe this is, but that's the one thing that all almost all of them kind of concentrate on is that thing mm-hmm. you know and it's you know it's not my favorite it wasn't my favorite at the time and it's not my favorite now but I also am not going to sit there and say like, it's garbage. It doesn't, it needs to go away. It doesn't, it has its place. And if you don't like it, don't listen to it. Yeah. You know, That's I mean, bottom. we yeah. should end all. Of, I, I'm about to the point where I'm going to end every episode with like, you know what? If you don't like it, just don't listen to it. It's literally that easy. Like you it. know? So if you, if you want to know what the nineties sounded like, just overall, You can listen to new metal, and that's kind of what the 90s sounded like.
0: Like most of the 90s. Mid-90s to late-90s for sure.
1: Sure, but, I mean, 94 is pretty fucking close to early, you know, and Rage Against the Machine is even closer than that. 92. 92, yeah. You know, so, I mean, that's kind of what it's like, you know. You throw in some fucking G-Funk stuff, you know. Look at some pictures of people in Jinko jeans.
0: <laughs> you know? I, we might have forgotten to talk about fashion, dude.
1: Well, the fashion—it wasn't specifically just this music, though—that caused the fashion. It, the the fashion was changing around that time, anyway, solely because of a lot of us were sick of wearing fucking tight pants. You know, so no, I,
0: well, I never did,
1: but yeah. Yeah, I mean that, that that was kind of the thing, but I mean you know you throw on some you know, because that's the other thing that's happening at the same time too. Boy bands, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, you throw on a throw on a boy band, listen to a Britney Spears song, check out Eminem, listen to a song from Dr. Dre, listen to Corn, you know. And for the most part, you're you're in the '90s now, you know. And yes, there were other things for sure, but as far as like you want to know what the majority, right? That's you know, that's what it, that's kind of where you're at right there. You know, and again, like it's worth checking out, man. I mean, I'll, I'll recommend a lot of this stuff, man. I mean, seven dust first album is tremendous, dude. A uh, system of a down second album is awesome. If you're not the kind of person that listens to the radio and has to hear fucking toxicity and chop suey every day, mm-hmm. but Korn's first three albums. Awesome. Limp Bizkit's first album, pretty fucking good. Second album sounds good. There's some gems on it i mean any deftones album i mean well specific, i mean throw out self-titled and and saturday night wrist if you're as far as whole albums a lot of people
0: don't like gore either
1: oh yeah okay yeah true you can't go wrong with with a lot of that the first three soulfly albums fucking awesome first two slipknot albums first three slipknot albums awesome you know i'm not a huge lincoln park fan but hybrid theory is a really good album i really like that one i'd I mean, I'm looking forward to an episode on them because I haven't heard much after that. I mean, obviously, I've heard stuff on the radio, but I'm not real familiar with it.
0: Their trajectory you know? is interesting. I kind of, you know, I, unless you're like a big fan of the Transformers movies, dude. Like, first is probably all you need. <laughs> you know what I mean?
1: You know, like uh, first two Head PE albums, first Primer '55 album. You know, you know, some of those smaller, some of those smaller bands. Are we neglecting
0: you know? Snot? Because they were kind of you like can't this neglect Snot. Nah,
1: they're pretty much, they're barely even a fucking band. They were barely a thing. You know, I mean, that's like, I the guess
0: first, for some people,
1: know. for some people, it's probably they f- probably feel the same way about Primer Fifty Five. So, sure, we could talk about My Balls Your Chin, which was cute song. All right, whatever. I just didn't really like Lynn Strait very much, and I, mean, I, I really don't like him. Tommy Vex.
0: I mean, yeah, I mean, that shit never even came out. Aside from like when oh it was, yeah, well, it was like it was like on. Uh, Music Choice or whatever the fuck it was yeah. for a moment, and then it never got formally released. He's,
1: he's whatever. I yeah. mean, you know, but there was, you know, there, because there was, I mean, Union Underground, I mean, the South Texas Death Ride fun song, Taproot. There's a few songs here and there.
0: It's amazing to me uh, that Taproot got bigger after that, because to me it's only the yeah. first album. But I know this, it's probably a little more like Like Otep, I mean, Otep's
1: got quite a few albums, and, I mean, she seems pretty consistent what she's been doing. Um, I'll give you – I don't know if it's my favorite Otep song. It's just the only one I'm really familiar with, and it's got a sick breakdown at the end of Battle Ready, dude. Fucking forget about it. But, yeah, Nonpoint, What a Day. Like, like a lot of the hit songs aren't so bad. The ones I would kind of stay away from would be, like, you know, Down with the Sickness, Stupefy, you know, Sorry, Draymond, I Don't Believe You Have Any Essays in the Barrio, dude. Like, just just take it down a notch. Um, I would also stay away from, like, Bodies by Drowning Pool, and chances are you've heard the song a million fucking times anyway. But most of the Drowning Pool singles, I would probably stay away from. Those were legit. Like, they were done with their album. They turned in the album to the record label, and the record label sent them back to the studio and wanted four singles. So you ended up with the four singles they had. And they do sound different than the other stuff. But Drowning Pool, if you're going to listen to that, I would say, like, stay away from the singles, actually.
0: I don't know that I ever um, heard the rest of the album. I, don't, I might only know the, the one I,
1: I've, I've heard all the Drowning Pool stuff away from the singles, and it's it's better than the singles. I wouldn't say hmm. it's great, but it's better than the singles.
0: Interesting.
1: You know, and some of those other best, Soil, dude, like Halo's a pretty good fucking song, man. It was a big hit for a reason, you um,
0: know? On the Disturbed tip, again, I was the right age, man. I loved the first Disturbed album when it came out. Not so much now. It's And it's interesting, That's too, another to say, one where yeah. I've
1: never heard anything on... No, I did listen to the first album. It's that second album that I only heard the singles and that's it. So because that's I was the crazy thing,
0: man. Like, I actually liked, and that's the thing is like, if we're talking like consistently, the the first album's way more consistent. Second album's kind of dicey. But I loved the songs that I loved on that second album way more when they were like, okay, we're not gonna do the, ooh, ah, 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 you know what I mean? Like the stuff that really, really made disturbed new metal with the fucking stupid right. outfits and the. You know, it's, again, when we talk about what makes new metal different than alternative metal, they're the freakiness, you know what I mean? Yeah. With the, the choke collars and the fishnets and the... And even in the music, like, you know, there's it's a little more quirky, bouncy, blah, blah, blah. And then when they went to being, like, just a really legit melodic band on the second just album... it's
1: like, like a radio metal...
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then, like, that wasn't clicking with a lot of people, so they went somewhere in between every from there on out, and that's kind of where I tuned out. But another thing, dude, that first Disturbed album translated live really well. You know what I mean? That's what it was made for. So imagine my disheartening when I see the second album that I like more played live, and I'm like, oh, okay, (laughs) this doesn't translate live. You know what I mean? It doesn't have the same captivating everybody bounce. It's just kind of there. You know what I mean? So I was like, oh, I learned something today. And then I've just been out ever since for a number of reasons. Another
1: two two albums that are really good you know both uh, the first two Sat- static x albums but yeah the first one's better but the second yeah. one's pretty good also yeah. you know those Nat- nativity and black albums are cool and you got covers from head pe um god smack you got covers from well
0: that's just on, not the not second a ton- one. on the second one yeah there's not a ton of uh, new metal stuff on the f- no. first one right it was, right? It was mostly the second one it was you know what it had that i really like again biohazard was the first one doing after right, forever yeah but it was also sepultura what i would assume is around the chaos ad recordings doing um
1: oh symptom of the universe
0: yeah and when that was the that. first time i'd heard sepultura oh, and it was also the first time i'd heard so or symptom of the universe oh really and i love it dude and that's the definitive version to me uh but yeah on the second one you got head p as you said soulfly coming back to uh max cavalera uh, Machine Head doing Hole in the Sky. Yes, that was System another good one. System of a Down one. doing Snowblind. It opens with Godsmack doing Sweet yeah. Leaf, and then. So that's the
1: other thing too. I mean, you do have some bands that kind of dipped into new metal a little bit, or um, and definitely got lumped in commercially. But they did kind of dip in, like Machine Head. Like I mean, oh, yeah. they they, they kind of the... dipped into a little bit of that stuff, but. Again, that's a band trying to keep itself viable. Mm-hmm. If you're smart and you know that, oh, wait, this isn't just like a two year fucking trend that's going to go away. We're, if we want to stay at the height or to reach a certain height, we're going to have to at least have a couple songs. Yep. You know, um, Fear Factory was another one. Mm-hmm. So that's why you'll see like in new metal playlists or new metal lists of bands that are new metal. Sometimes you'll see bands like, you'll see a band like Machine Head, but some of you may not. You know, if you just know what machine head is now, or you know blackening machine head, like mm-hmm. you may not know that for a while yeah. they didn't really play that style. Burning so.
0: Red was my first machine head yeah, album. Yeah, like
1: that was that was a thing. You know, newer Fear Factory fans might not know that. For Digimortal was right in the middle of this time. Yeah, and it's got a lot of that sound in there as well. So, but not uh, fully. It's just like the, well, we incorporated some of these elements from all of this stuff yeah. that's going around.
0: Sepultura, Roots, dude. Yeah, Sepultura. Possibly the biggest one. Yeah. trying to think of who else. These guys, I mean, if you look at the Roadrunner roster around that time, by the time I know Roadrunner as a name, that's the prime of all that shit we're talking about right now. You know what I mean? Right. Um, Fear Factory's on the special edition of Obsolete. That was the big one with the Cars cover, going back to the covers. Burning Red either was about to come out or just about to come out. Soulfly's first album's out. Uh, Slipknot's first albums out. Oh,
1: Machine Head cover, "Message in a the Bottle." They also covered "Colors" around this time.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ice Tea.
1: Like, I mean, that that was the thing. Like, features with rappers as well. Like, I mean, Ice Cube working with Corn, mm-hmm.
0: and then know. vice versa on his album.
1: Right. I mean, you had Limp Bizkit, like we said, Method Man, and Exhibit on some stuff. You had lots of people working with fucking Lincoln Park. You know, I mean, you had. Uh, let's see. Wasn't it, Trey from the Far Side was on uh, the Third Corn album as yeah. well?
0: Second, to last ish, kind of. Did any rappers song.
1: ever actually do anything with Deftones? I don't think they did, huh?
0: The only Unless one that, there's like a remix. The I'm only song that
1: of. they really had that was like really rappy was like "Back to School." Yeah, and that was most like of like their a, stuff wasn't really like rappy.
0: There's some stuff like on Seven Words. That's like the bridge. Oh well, part. yeah, that's true. But again, it's parts. It's that's like yeah, it's
1: just little parts. Yeah.
0: As much as Korn kind of sort of got away from what they started, Deftones really, even the little bit they were, got out of there quick.
1: Yeah, around the fur, like that's the other thing, man. You listen to Deftones, dude, like around the fur is nothing like Adrenaline. No. like You listen to Adrenaline and you're like, this is pretty cool. Then you listen around the the fur and you're like, it's a totally different band. Yeah.
0: Um, And that's when Frank was...
1: But I also think that's when they leaned harder into what they were doing on the first album. You know, they, they kind of, it was like, we're we'll sprinkle in some of this weird shit and like by the time around the fur comes out they're like shoveling it on mm-hmm. you know so that's that's the difference there
0: yeah and then frank was on the album but he again similar to what i think was the case with dj lethal he wasn't a part of the band becomes an official part of the band as the dj on white pony and then by the time it's self-titled he's a just electronics quote on right. you know what i it's, mean but so.
1: yeah there's a lot of good stuff there and and there's a lot of fun stuff there too that's not necessarily good but yeah. it's fun for a fucking good time do yeah. click click boom by fucking saliva It was a fun like, forget man, yeah. about it we'll put on click click boom and then listen to here comes the boom by fucking pod and you've got a lot going on there man
0: a lot of boom <laughs> i um it, there was a it was interesting man because again coming up when i did there was a lot of stuff with metal that i didn't vibe with you know, I've never been a long hair guy. I've never been a fucking black leather guy or anything like that. And I mean, I appreciate it now, but it's just like, not that I'm rushing out getting an Adidas tracksuit or a fucking, <laughs> I will say I had a red cap because of Fred Durst. Oh, really? Yeah, dude. I was 13, 14. Ooh, I, you man. know what I mean? But like, but like, it was cool seeing like something different than what's typically associated with metal. You know what I mean? In general, that whole era, I liked just, just like, oh, you can do anything with this music you know what i mean it's not as limited as people think and i think just because it jumped the ship so hard towards the end especially post lincoln park that that generation of metalcore coming in and then subsequently melodic death metal popping off and there being a thrash resurgence all that stuff coming in you know tradition returning even if only in part at first before it became you know full-blown i understand that it's a reaction to what happened However, I think we lost a lot of eccentricity and cool stuff that came with that era as a result, and it's only kind of sort of maybe just starting to become a thing again. But like
1: Well, a lot of the reason it's able to become a thing again is because it's a, it's able to become a thing again cuz the industry isn't holding everybody fucking hostage like they were before.
0: That's true. And and again, because a lot of people at this point weren't there for any stigmas to have been formed back then, like a lot of people are coming in that grew up not knowing or not caring. You know what I mean? Like, the Well, that the too. And
1: when I say this new metal, like, the new metal core stuff, Brand of Sacrifice, God, what was the other one? There was another big one I was just thinking. Of. It's not Kingdom of Giants, I don't think. There was another one I was trying to think. Of. I just cannot think of who it was. But, uh, you know, Spirit Box is another one. When you listen to those two bands, trust me, you're not going to hear... <laughs> stuff like corn and stuff like Limp Bizkit. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm, you know, even listening to stuff like a mirror. You're, I mean, that shit, dude. And, and especially Attila, like, you're not gonna hear that, because what you're really gonna be hearing when you listen to those bands is like a much heavier version of that. I mean, yeah, and it's way people fun. that
0: grew up with it rather you know, than Spearbox the. Spearbox
1: isn't necessarily it. heavier than Korn or anything like that, but I mean, a Mirror, you know, for sure, dude, absolutely, is. Brand of Sacrifice, is heavier and all. Like I mean, it's, but what you're hearing is, you know, the 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 whammy pedal coming back with brand of sacrifice and you're hearing these rhythmic things, you know, like the, and the rhythmic chugs with like a mirror and stuff and some rapping with like Franz, you know, and that's, that's what I mean by, you know, and then and spirit box, you're getting into a lot of those same rhythm styles, you know, of, and a, a lot of stuff that's bass oriented, like bass and drum oriented mm-hmm. with the guitar accompanying that in parts. And again, it's, it may not be full, Songs of that. It's, it maybe it's just parts that are like that in certain songs, and you're gonna see more of that because because there's so many more bands now because now everybody has the public. Like You don't actually have to have a record deal, you know. So you can still put out. You can I mean, me. You could put out your own fucking music if you want to. If you have the money to put your shit on Spotify, you can put out your own music. So we end up with is a lot of fucking bands, and then it's just like, okay, well. How, how is anybody finding out about these bands right? But somehow people do and, and and people on their social media platforms champion what they want to champion. I mean you want to find new m- new music in general. I mean Twitter's a f- it seems weird, but it's a really good place for that because it's it's another mountain to stand from you know and, and shout to the world like hey we all should be listening to this fucking band and, and you know enough people see it. Some of those, the decent portion of those people might like that fucking band. So what you're going to end up with is like, and we've talked about it. The mother, uh, the age of invention is, or age of innovation is is almost. I wouldn't say over, but it's on a decline, you know, because we only have so many notes, and our ears can only hear so much. So, you can only combine so many things, and 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 so really, it's just going to come down to what does your scope look like you know, like, I recently just showed that King Buffalo band to my little brother, and he straight up told me, he's like, oh, I have such a hard time listening to new music, and I was like, why, and he's just like, it just, for some reason, doesn't stick with it, you know, that's because, yeah, when you're younger, things stick with you a lot more, just in general, movies, music, you know, art, anything, you know, when you get older, and, you know, things don't stick with you as well, and you don't have the same interests you had, and this and that, so it's like, you know, on one hand, I, I get it, but on the other hand, it's kind of a bummer because there's so much fucking good shit out right now. And and again, like, there's no reason for anything to die, and there's everything needs to come back. And then everybody just finds their lanes, you know, and and of what they want to do. And then us as consumers of the music can just, you know, whatever we're feeling, like we literally have our life soundtracks in our pocket. To say this type of music needs to go away is ridiculous to me. I hate country music, but I don't want it to go away. You know, so I don't know. I I just think with new metal stuff, even if you you know you hated it back then, you know, it doesn't mean you have to hate it forever, man. I fucking hated pop punk when it was first around. Couldn't like couldn't stand it. Didn't want to have anything to fucking do with it. Uh, same with same with a lot of that emo, that early MySpace emo stuff. I was against that stuff i mean again not to the point where i'm like this needs to go away but just i just never need to hear this and i mean i've heard stuff since then you'll get older a little bit you hear stuff since then i mean there's actually quite a few uh i've never really gone full bore into emo but i mean there's a lot of pop punk punk songs i dig you know and it was just a matter of like oh you know what maybe i was just being an asshole (laughs) you know and i'm not saying you will like a lot of new metal stuff i'm just saying you might there's stuff to be liked here you know it's not all terrible
0: Well phrased anything else you want to add before we wrap up
1: No I, I mean I think we hit all the stuff that I had like mental notes on I, It's such a weird genre it's but it's also cool like t- being able to talk about a genre because I mean some of these bands we might not do episodes on because they really only have like one album. Yeah, you know, or some of them they only have one good album or one album that we like. So some it's of like, them
0: might just be way out of our wheelhouse. Well, it's, I mean, even
1: yeah, I mean, there's definitely the the wheelhouse. But I mean, for the most part, everything we mentioned we could be on the show.
0: Yeah, but definitely doing a corn episode. Definitely doing Slipknot. Or excuse me, we already did Slipknot. Definitely <laughs> yeah. doing Limp Bizkit. I could see, we did Deftones. Uh, I could see us maybe doing Seven Dust down the line.
1: Well, do System of a Down, Tooled, Rage Against the Machine.
0: System would be very easy um, to do because there's only so much of it.
1: Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, but they have more than something like soil. Yeah, I mean, you know, non-point.
0: Soil and non-point probably have a grip of albums. It's just that I've only sure. heard one or two. Well, you know what? If
1: they have a lot of albums, then I'm totally down for it because we might find something that we didn't even fucking know existed. Like, because apparently Seven dust is an awesome album, is an awesome band. And I had no idea. Oh yeah, like, dude, I just like the have first two albums. Whatever. Ton
0: of stuff. That's awesome. So,
1: you know, but I mean. I'm talking about just, you know, American Head Charge and, you know, some of these other bands. that Like, Primer 55 is another excellent one. They only put out two albums, and I absolutely hate one of them. It wouldn't make for a good episode. You know what I mean? Where, you know, Head P.E. has more albums, and if we were going to do a Head P.E. episode, then it would give me a reason to fucking listen to it. Like, it's like Sepultura. Like, I mean, when we did the Sepultura episode, I actually had to listen to the newest stuff. You know, And I found out what I found out, and I'll talk about it here. Like, that's fine. It's just a lot of these, a lot of these bands that we, that we talk about. Because it would be the same. I feel like we kind of dropped the ball in this regard with the black metal episode where we didn't really talk about a lot of the bands. But that's because they, they had a specific thing going on that I felt was more important than talking about a lot of the bands. But also a lot of the bands that we didn't talk about, I would rather do episodes on those bands.
0: Those will be interesting,
1: you know. Like, I mean, that's that's the thing. So, you know, a deep dive on like fucking glam or something would be the same way because that was another one that got really watered down. There may not have been as many bands, but that you know. The, but I mean, you know, again, it's Steelheart. Are we? We're not going to do an episode on Steelheart. I don't know. They only, I know had, they only had like fucking three albums, dude. It's like, but at the same time, I would like to mention them in an episode and talk about that band, like. We got to do that in a genre episode because we're not doing a fucking
0: you know. yeah some bands just are not getting <laughs> no, that, to, so.
1: no they don't have enough shit yeah you know they they don't have enough shit to make a top five i mean it doesn't matter if i like it or not i can make a top five Avenged sevenfold songs right now mm-hmm. if all i have to do is listen to them you know like i don't need
0: to listen but i already know what my five are
1: same but i mean i've thrown around the idea of doing a you know i'm having a one month out of the year of like shit that we don't like like a challenge episode Well, just like maybe for one month, we have four episodes and it's all fucking these bands that we don't fucking like, but we got to pick an actual top five, Mm -hmm. you know? And then like the next year we could do something where we pick like our least favorite five from whatever band.
0: That'd be interesting. I know there's just, I've been thinking about like, there's just certain bands I'm not down to do, or I would be down to do the episode. I just wouldn't have a top five for him. I would just discuss them. We talked about dissection. Fuck that guy. Even if he's dead. And I just know I don't like the music. Dissection? Yeah, but it'd be a good discussion. He did the same thing as the fucking Faust guy. Except he's like, whereas Faust was...
1: His point was to do that, though. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah,
0: yeah. And like, whereas Faust was just one part of a band that wasn't even there later on, that guy was the band. Right. Um, And I just never vibe with the music. Uh, As they Lay Dying, man, like, would definitely talk about that. I'm not doing a top five for that band. And there's others of that ilk. However, least favorite, or not least favorite, but like challenge episodes are interesting to me because I know you hate Mastodon. I still don't understand why and I'd be curious to know, but like... Like, I just
1: recently considered going on, like, a deep dive through Macedon to see if I can pinpoint, one, to see if I still don't like it, and two, if I can pinpoint why what it is about him that I don't like. Oh, so
0: you don't even know. That makes it even more interesting. You know what I mean? Like
1: that. I'm, I know exactly why I didn't like him in, in the first place.
0: Interesting. Hmm.
1: You know, so... And I mean, it's the same thing. I mean, I it was the first couple albums. I didn't like any of the riffs. I didn't like the melody lines. So it's just like, okay, I just don't like this band. Yeah. And then after that, it's like, well, I don't like the band. There's no reason for me to listen to it. And everybody's like, oh, you got to check it out. I'm like, no, there's no reason for me to listen to it. I have plenty. Like, yeah. don't worry. If you know, I'm you fine. know. You know what I mean? That's I how I am. I have plenty yeah. of stuff to listen to. Man. Yeah. Like, I don't, I'm not missing anything in my life by not listening to a band. That I may or may not like. I'm right? just trying to but figure out who my master is. I, I, I would think be. it's time now for me to go back, only because I don't only not because I feel like I should or anything like that. I think it would be interesting. I also the same way I think it would be interesting to go through Avenged Sevenfold's cat uh, catalog to see if I still dislike that because a lot of the dislike for that was the fact that I loved the early stuff so much that and it changed so hard. You know, maybe it's something I wouldn't mind now, but you know, but yeah, challenge episodes are you know, eight, like, fuck, we got to do another power metal episode at some point. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, you yeah. know, and it's like, those are always a challenge because yeah. well, there's, so there's not a lot of that that I like.
0: I talk about my weak spots being power metal, black metal, and I forgot actually to that degree, hair metal, but I have since found pockets of hair metal that I do like. It's just my weak random. spot
1: would be power metal and stoner because stoner i'm really hit or miss dude because well, there's a lot of that shit that's like too peppy and i fucking hate it. i feel that and then like part
0: of the thing with stoner also is i like pretty much everything i've heard but it's just like nothing there's not a lot that actually sticks out enough for me to be like i really like that you know what i mean it's just kind of it's oh it's good you know what i mean like right.
1: well i think there's some of this stuff too like we found with the Hammerfall episode was it just
0: there's, wasn't there's some unique the,
1: well no but there's some of this stuff too it's like we don't, we don't, a lot of times we don't give ourselves enough time. That's true too. To really listen to what it is we're trying to do, you know, and, and, and that's pretty unfortunate. Like, like, so Limp Biscuit. we're going to be doing a Limp Biscuit episode would be probably the one that'll come out after this, you know, and it's like, did we give ourselves enough time? Because there's a lot of Limp Biscuit stuff I haven't heard.
0: How much? It's just like, isn't there like only...
1: I've never heard. I've I've ne- I haven't even heard hot dog flavored water all the way through. Okay, so that's you know, the one so, I, he- I heard last. And I've time. never heard anything after that.
0: I think so, there's only two albums, two uh, and a half maybe.
1: But at the but the same time, the problem I've ran into in the past was, oh, we got to do this episode, cool. Well, we have like a week, but in that week, I don't either. A, I'm just busy and I can't really sit down and really like really listen to it. Mm -hmm. Or B, like, I'm just not in the fucking mood to listen to it, (laughs) so I I listen to something else. Which has happened a a couple times, so it's Um, just a matter of giving yourself ample time. So then it's like you throw on something like Primal Fear, you know, or Sonata Artica or something where they have, like, fucking 15 albums, like, you know, or Rush. You know, I mean, that's hard to do because I, I... it's like as much as I think, well, we're not getting paid. It's not our fucking job. I mean, there's people that listen to the fucking show, dude. just mm-hmm. so it's like, you know what? We should do our due diligence. Exactly, I feel yeah. like shit whenever I don't do enough research. So same, same. It's like, no, we should treat it you know, at least a little bit seriously. And, and it's like, yeah, I mean, if there's a huge catalog, we definitely need – Ample time, time to go through everything for one, and time to soak it all in as well. You know, so
0: everybody go check. If you're gonna start with a Roach Coach episode, maybe consider the Limp Biscuit album that nobody likes. What is it like a Gold Cobra or something? Like that? I'll have
1: to check out Roach Coach. I I thought I, I think I tried listen to him one time, and just for whatever reason, I couldn't get into it. But I'll I'll give it a shot again because there's there's a few of them now that. I interact with on Twitter too, that I need to give a fair shake.
0: Yeah. I'm with you on that. Roach coach can be hit or miss depending on what episode you listen to. I know, I know Asty's all, Oh dude, I love new metal. I'll give it a whack. And he, whatever it was, they mentioned they didn't like seven dust. And he's like, fuck these guys, man. And like, <laughs> like he didn't even, you know what I mean? Like, see, that's um, the kind
1: of person who would hate a, a, of a show. Like we hate movies mm-hmm. Because they pretty much make fun of stuff, right? That's what their whole gig is. And, they, and and it's like they pick it apart. They make fun of it, whatever. But they do it to stuff that they love. You know, they just have a little fun with it. But some people take stuff a little too serious. And you don't want to hear somebody bagging on I mean, But, I mean, I've sat and listened to We Hate Movies, you know, rag on fucking movies that I like all mm-hmm. the time. I just oh, think yeah. it's funny as fuck, dude. Yeah. Like, so I guess a big takeaway, too, for New Metal is like, whether you like it or not, like it was huge. Culturally huge, and it was significant. You know that was kind of like my right after high school, fucking. You know, oh, it's kind of a heyday kind of thing. You know, and and I mean that's the thing. My old band d nuts I mean, we were exactly a fucking new metal band. I mean, and and that was what we wanted to do. And it would not just because it's popular. We enjoyed listening to the stuff. We enjoyed playing the stuff. Um, the playing was really conducive to how I play because I am a bass player that just happened to pick up a guitar at the time Mm -hmm. you know I did the whole like me and the other guitar player aren't going to play the same thing that's actually going to be the bass player and the guitar the other guitar player I'm going to be the one playing the opposite thing so it was almost like I was playing the bass line underneath it and it was it was really cool like and so it was like as much as I say, like, it was never my favorite thing. I mean, I was pretty into it, but I, again, I, I, especially at the time, I was a huge rap fan, you know, and I've been always been a big metal fan, so why the fuck wouldn't I like this?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Makes you sense.
1: Know? But I like chocolate in my peanut
0: butter, so fuck it. Yeah. Chocolate peanut and the hot, or chocolate peanut. Chocolate sorry. peanut? <laughs> chocolate butter in the, chocolate butter? Fuck. Okay, this is a sign we need the rap. Oh, oh, my God.
1: Okay, so this is way off subject. But I'm just going to say it right here. I have a new nickname for you. Sweet. Ronnie James D'Lo.
0: I like it, man. <laughs> go, I'm surprised I never thought of that. I, I did it. Yes. Real quick, uh, before I forget this, man. Thanks for joining us as always. Hope you enjoyed. Uh, like, rate, review, and follow everywhere. All the socials, all the all the platforms. We love yeah, check talking out,
1: to you. Check out the music page on Spotify, too. Speaking of, we got to get a new playlist up. Mm-hmm. Uh, fairly soon within the next few weeks. It's in our link tree because it's it's really hard to search. I don't think you can search users on Spotify anymore. <laughs> maybe you can. I'm not sure, but it would be. It's kind of hard to f- find the page. So just go through our link tree. It's in the Instagram bio, and it's also in uh, our pinned tweet on Twitter. Um, I guess at some point I should probably put that on the Facebook page, maybe. But yeah, I mean, we got. I don't have all 2020s up. But I have all the 2019 top five songs on there. We do have a playlist right now. It's kind of just like shit we're listening to right now. I don't know what the theme is going to be for next month, but it might be a theme. It might be shit we're listening to right now, whatever. That will always be the default. It's like shit we're listening to right now. And there are always going to be 30 songs per playlist. But... Once the one goes away, like it's not gonna come, like it, it's only gonna be the one playlist. Like I'm not gonna keep them on there because you can only have so many on Spotify, and at some point I don't want to have to like start trying to fucking delete playlists. That's a pain. But that's kind of a new thing that we got going up. Also, I'm gonna run a new uh, an idea. I was running past a friend of ours doing bonus episodes. Obviously, starting them here before we were ever to do like a pay type of thing. But uh, doing, like, years in metal, where we talk about, like, releases, you know, for the, you know, whatever, Mm -hmm. 1994. Like, you know, okay, cool. And we kind of go through a lot of the releases, talk about what we were doing at the time. Maybe we can even talk about a little bit what life was like at the time, obviously, if we were living through it. but I was going to
0: say, yeah. So but, some some uh, years are going to be a little more easy for right, you but, than me.
1: But those years will be more just about, like, music. or And, I mean, we can get into, like, movies around the same time, like mm-hmm. stuff like that. Like, that's fine. You know, a little more open conversations just so we don't trample on a whole lot of other stuff you know, that we have to repeat. I like it. But I was kicking that around with a friend of ours and thought that might be kind of a cool thing as a bonus episode. So we would have the bonus episode with the Essential Albums, and then we would have, it's just something like years of metal or something. You know, like mm-hmm. that would be kind of a fun thing to do.
0: Fucking A. Like, rate, review, subscribe, follow. Hit us up on all the socials. Talk to Jason on our socials. Metalist Pod on Twitter. Metalist Podcast everywhere else. I'm at Yes It Is I David everywhere. Hit us up. We love talking to you. Let us know what your favorites from this era were. We know there's a lot of you that were into this stuff. Come on now. And until then. Stop lying. Yeah. Eat your veggies. Fuck your prayers. Talk to you then, folks. ah, ah, ah.
1: Let's see. How can I do it? It would be fuck your ah, ah, prayers. There we go. That one's better.